0: We're in, we are in, we are ready, strap in, this is a, there's a lot I'm trying to talk, to, I'm, we, we have a lot to talk I'm about. trying to pump myself up, dog. This is, this up. is the Chris and Kyle show. Yeah. He's Chris, yeah. I'm Kyle, he's James, yeah. she's Audrey,
1: we're in, we're excited, tons to talk about today. How are you feeling? You good? The, I'm, I'm great, I'm great. You're great. I'm trying to pump myself up, I'm trying to get hype. Heart's pumping. I'm nervous. Not really, though. <laughs> yeah. So. What
0: are we going to talk about today, dude? A lot. Let's do, okay. Let's do some movie stuff first. All right, let's do it. Let's start with, I'll kick this off with the most recent big news as of recording here. Uh, James Gunn. Oh, yeah. James Gunn is now writing and maybe directing Suicide Squad 2.
1: Okay. Do you want to include the the people that may not know about James Gunn's situation? Yeah, and what we definitely need that? to talk about that. Okay.
0: Definitely need to talk about that. So, James Gunn, for those of you who do not know, wrote and directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies for Marvel 1 and 2. Mm. Um, he was recently fired from directing Guardians 3, and they may or may not be using his script that he finished, which is weird. Yeah. Um, because of old tweets that came out of him making very jokes that are in very poor taste but they were made like 15 years ago 10 to 15 years ago mm. and the thing that's the most crazy about it is that Disney already knew about them when they hired him right they only fired him after it became like public knowledge and their deleted tweets he's a, he apologized for them before he ever got the Guardians of the Galaxy job it was this very strange hiring there's a big movement online to bring him back to the Guardians movies Dave Batista has been really outspoken who plays Drax in those movies about Mm. bringing James Gunn back and about how he doesn't even want to be in the third movie without him. All this stuff.
1: It's especially, I feel like it's especially weird because of the environment that James Gunn came out of. Like he, uh, basically was, he sprouted up from trauma entertainment. Do you know anything about, about trauma? Yes. There. So trauma is like the longest running independent production company in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're responsible for a lot of like really schlocky B movies like toxic Avenger and stuff like that. But he did a, a, a lot of work within, uh, within trauma. Um, and they're known for having so like the sort of edgy content. He like made super yeah. supers. Like if you're comfortable with the dude make who made super making your superhero movie, mm-hmm. you've accepted it. Like, and, and and I don't know if you look back at, at some of the tweets,
0: yeah, I, I saw
1: them. Yeah. The, it, they're in very poor taste. They're,
0: they're, but they're, it's but also, he's,
1: he's also clearly joking. He's clearly joking and he's trying to be edgy. Yeah. It's, um, it's
0: like kind of what you would expect like a high school kid to tweet. Yeah. But they yeah. were so long ago. Mm-hmm. And he's come out and talked about, you know, how much his sense of humor has changed and grown and the amount of growth he's done as a person. It's, it's this weird thing where like in modern society, we can't just keep crucifying everyone for mistakes they've made in the past. Especially if they've shown the ability to grow as a person.
1: True. I just, I mean... And so he didn't hurt anybody. The, 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 the length of time isn't what gets me. Like, if he... I mean, if it came out that, you know, like, he did something that was awful 30 years ago, I don't I don't care. He did something that was awful. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's, like, a statute of limitations here that, the like... The level's different, though. But exactly. Did. Like, I just don't think that... If he did it today, I don't think that it would be... Like he would get fired. He made sure. bad jokes, but uh, to me, if if the South Park guys did an episode about what he was joking about, like people would love it. People would love it, and yeah. like they would, they they would still have their show. You know, it, uh, yeah. Uh, it's satire. I I I do. Um, we also do have to be careful being white dudes. That's true. You know, like straight white dudes. Yeah, we are
0: like uh raised middle middle classes yeah, yeah white
1: males yeah. yeah we have to be careful uh about like not um about our perspectives and mm-hmm. and, and and like including yeah absolutely um other people's perspectives cuz we just we don't know what everybody's yeah, going Yeah that's for through. sure true. Um but I also think that there is a problem with I agree with a lot of the uh, the movements that are going on with Hollywood right now, and I think it's overall for the better. Yeah, you know, and, it's, and I they're think also it's-
0: they're also big in Hollywood too. Like, you know, people will argue with you about equal pay for women, and they'll throw all these statistics at you. But specifically in Hollywood, there's a huge discrepancy mm. in what males and females get paid for leading mm. roles and stuff. That's why I think a lot of these issues, including things like sexual harassment and sexual assault are so are taken so seriously and publicly by actors is because they're so prominent in their industry yeah which is I mean horrible and then there's
1: just there's a lot of scum in Hollywood yeah uh, the, um, but I also don't a lot of people are quick to say that you know they are without flaws which i i is is just a fucked up thing to do uh, as an individual like you should um if we are all about inclusion we should be including what is wrong with us as well because no one is perfect no one's perfect yeah um and i just i don't think that there was anything like it was questionable, and I understand what what james James Gunn's tweets were questionable, mm-hmm. and I think that they are uh, subject for controversy. I understand that that they are, but I don't think that there was anything morally wrong with it. I don't I think it's insane that he got fired. yeah, I, I think
0: it's especially insane, like I said earlier, because Disney already knew yeah. and it had already been something that he addressed publicly and apologized mm-hmm. like this it, it was so it was all in the past. And because it came back up, Disney panicked. Yeah, and they fired him, and that created a huge backlash. Yeah, it's it's all weird. But we want to talk about the movie specifically too. Suicide Squad two, a movie that if you had asked me a week ago, I would say don't even make it.
1: Right. If James Gunn was it wasn't before James involved. Gunn was attached, mm-hmm.
0: I would say don't even make that movie. I didn't. You know, Suicide Squad is. Blech. What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad? <laughs> it, it's it, it, yeah, it's not a good movie. No, um, there's things in it that I like. I don't want to. I don't want to act like everything for, about it is negative. Mm-hmm. And it's also very obvious that I don't think David Ayer had as much control over it as he would have liked. I would. It seems like you know what I mean. It seems like DC is having a super hard time getting their ducks in a row, to the point where they've given up on rose and they're just saying make whatever you want nothing has to connect you know they're making a joaquin phoenix joker movie directed by todd phillips and they're gonna make a jared leto joker movie because screw it let's just make everything yeah. nothing has to be they've given up on trying to emulate what marvel has created with mm-hmm. a connected universe mm-hmm. and they're just like let's just because make stuff.
1: because they were incapable of sort of mimicking that singular vision that marvel yeah. has they didn't have a feige to that it was good at. Zack Snyder wasn't the right person for the right. job. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Continue. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, the, but attaching James Gunn to suicide squad, suicide squad two instantly makes me really interested in it. Mm-hmm. Cause what is the one thing he's done in the superhero realm? He has taken a group of not super well-known characters that are tertiary to their universe and made two good movies about them. Mm-hmm. and made them beloved
1: right no one knew who the guardians of the galaxy were five years ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's also very like he's very punkish yeah. which i think is something that like suicide squad is trying to achieve yeah it, and which and like a, a lot of people that i've talked to about suicide squad and I've i've heard talk about suicide squad is that like it seems like a movie that's trying to be punk but it's mm-hmm. like the man trying to like like putting on the the punks' clothing, you know, yeah. I and mean? being like, like, isn't this cool? Um
0: It's like the high school kid who's experimenting with different looks, but isn't that but person.
1: If James Gunn is anything, he's a fucking weirdo. Oh, he's super weird. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is a tone that he could nail. Oh you yeah. Know? Like he I
0: the a big thing though is like Suicide Squad 2 shouldn't be Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy at its core is a movie about family and finding Your your family, right, and the people you care about. I don't think Suicide Squad should be that. Which is is the first one kind of was, and it felt very forced.
1: Uh, How much knowledge do you have, like, of Suicide Squad outside of the actual movie? A solid
0: knowledge. I I mean, I don't know Jack. It's a it's a rotating roster. It's kind of like, uh, what's a good example to compare? It's you know how I'm. I mean, it's like any team up in comics it, it's mm-hmm. consistently changing who's on it there's basically iconic runs of when it was you know at its best um uh, it's being pushed super hard now by dc in comics uh along with harley quinn is being pushed super hard right which i don't i'm not a huge fan of but that's a subject for a different day <laughs> uh, i but like one of the things i love in suicide squad the first one I think Margot is awesome in that movie. Mm-hmm. She's a very good Harley Quinn. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with you. As uh, cheesy as the movie is and kind, of, and kind of lame, I liked Will Smith as Deadshot. I think he's, I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. But I also just love Will Smith, so it's a little easier uh, grade curve for me. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things they're talking about is that he might recast the whole thing, which a movie like Suicide Squad, you could do.
1: You could bring in an entirely new roster of villains. So not like he would recast the characters, exactly. but he would bring in all entirely in new, new characters. characters. Yeah. I would Speech. if I were to
0: guess, if I were to look into my crystal ball and try to predict what will happen, mm-hmm. I think Margot Robbie and Will Smith will both be back. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the team will probably change. That would be my guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Don't mean, put would- Joker in it. Don't just stop. Just just stop with the Jared Little Joker. Just stop. You, know, you don't like the Jared Little Joker, dude? No. I think he might be my favorite character of all the time. I know you're trying to troll right now. What?
0: You yeah, know, that's his that's his troll face.
1: What's wrong with? The Jared <laughs> little Joker, dude? I
0: you know, it's weird when they were when they announced the Joaquin Joaquin uh Joker movie, I was like Bleh. I just I, I was I I don't like that they're giving up on the connected universe. Cause I think that's something that makes the Marvel universe so awesome. And there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do it with the DC universe.
1: But I think walking to be such a better joker that I don't <laughs> even care. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's also like, I kind of like it because it seems like they're sort of becoming aware of yes, their it, own certainly. incompetence with dealing with, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 this already existing uh, material. The thing that confuses me
0: about it though is
1: now some things will be
0: the official DC cinematic universe and they're going to make other movies that just are standalone. It's just confusing. It's just weird.
1: So they still are they're still, they're still making to have... like
0: Wonder Woman two. Right. Aquaman comes out next year. Mm-hmm. There's, they're still making these movies in the lineup for their cinematic universe. And I'm just waiting for, they had said they were going to make, they were like, we have a flash movie coming out. And then they were like, we're going to make it a flashpoint movie. You know what the storyline flashpoint is, mm-hmm. right? when Barry runs back in time and saves his mom and it changes the whole universe. So I was like, are they just going to like reboot their own universe by making a flashpoint movie? Right. Cause go ahead. Your universe sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Except wonder woman. Wonder woman's good. Yeah. It's, it's the only good movie they've made. Uh, I would say man of steel is a good movie. It just has a lot of flaws, but it I like, know, I, just I, I it's, it's yeah. It's like a five. It's like an average movie. It's very, yeah, but it's there very are things average. in that movie that infuriate me. Like what? Okay. I think that it's the worst representation you could ever have of, of Clark Kent's parents. They're literally the opposite of, of what they represent and should be.
1: It makes, it makes zero sense that you have someone like Superman who has all of these powers and he is literally a God amongst men. Right. And if he was raised by total assholes who are telling him, you know, you don't owe anything to the human race. If they're telling him that, then he probably just takes over the world. Exactly. He would be an asshole. <laughs> He'd be a total oh jerk. He, if He's being raised by these people. Then in he, that movie
0: pa Kent is an idiot. He would rather die than let Clark save their dog. He would rather... First of all, he'd rather... He would die over their dog, which is... I mean, I love dogs, but that's insane. Two, he would rather himself die saving the dog than just letting Clark save the dog. Because he's so... He wants him to keep his powers a secret so bad.
1: But at a certain point, you're gonna die, dude. That's so stupid. It's also, like, so garbo, because, like... Smallville handled it so much better. That's you know, the and best. Smallville that is, might
0: be the best episode of Smallville.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Smallville was such a. There's a lot of flaws in Smallville. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But the writing is not one of them. There's like some real. Like, there's really some real
0: bad stuff in Smallville. Mm-hmm. But there's also some really great stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, but it it just seems so ridiculous that like this huge uh, Hollywood movie couldn't nail what like a CW show from the. Early two thousands, yeah, could nail,
0: yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started on the speech in what is it, Batman vs Superman, where she's like, yeah, I think that's when his mom says you don't owe the world anything, yeah. and it's just the complete opposite of the morals and what Superman represents as a character. Which is, some, I mean, that's something I'm super passionate about: is the character of Superman represents something really wholesome and, and important. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird; it comes from this thing where people. People go, oh, Superman's boring. Superman's boring. And yeah, in the
1: wrong hands, he is boring. With a bad writer, he is boring. And and like, I also have a little bit of sympathy uh, for like anybody that's trying to create anything that is Superman because it is hard to execute. It's very hard. It's like, it's not, I feel like Batman is a little bit more easy to execute just because it's it's so much more relatable. You know, mm-hmm. he's not an alien. Yeah. He's just a person. He's kind of crazy. But There's that's, all of these dark things. That's like one of
0: the big thing. People always approach it with this thing. He's an alien and all these powers at his core. He's the most human, human character. Pe- yeah. He's the most average everyday person. And,
1: and it's okay he's for
0: Bruce Wayne's an insane person. Mm-hmm. He's completely bonkers. Right. But Clark just wants to live a normal life at his, at his core. Yeah. He just wants to marry Lois and have a kid mm-hmm. and be a reporter, but he he's oblig- he's obligated because it's the right thing to do, to use what he has to help people, and that's the beauty of the character.
1: Yeah, like these these recent super uh, the recent rendition of Superman kind of is just robs, the Clark Kentness of it all, like yeah. the heart the heart of, of Superman, it.
0: and and I don't blame Henry Cavill. I think Henry Cavill could pull off a normal Clark Kent, a, a different version. I think he's. Perfect, especially in terms of the way he looks. He mm-hmm. like perfectly looks like Superman. Yeah. And I don't think there's any reason to think that he couldn't play a more uh, joyous idea of Superman. Mm-hmm. I think he could do that. Mm-hmm. But in the hands that it was in, that's just not the direction it was taken. It was very bland and very dark.
1: Well, yeah, making a dark. Not even dark. It's like, it's just gray. The, the, yeah, there's obviously like an obsession with making things dark and gritty. Ever since and, the Dark Knight. Yeah. And. Which.
0: I hate the term dark. I hate when, we're gonna make a gritty dark version of X. Right. Okay. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna do like, you know? Are you gonna do it well or are you gonna do the 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 half version of that where it's just bad? Where where you're doing things. This character's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna cross the line because we're this is a dark movie. Or you the thing that I th- I think people confuse the Dark Knight with being dark, I think it's more grounded than dark. I think grounded is what people is what people should be shooting for, not dark. It's realistic.
1: Yeah. Like so like the, the way that Christopher Nolan approached his Batman universe was if this actually happened in the real world, how would it happen? Exactly. <clears throat> and I think as like insane of, of an idea as Superman is, you can still do
0: that. You can do that with literally any story. Suspension of disbelief. If this happened, how would it play out in the real world? Mm-hmm. I think like District 9 is a really good example of something like that. Right, District 9 is a really good example of if aliens showed up, what might happen? And you look back on human history to determine that yeah. because patterns and behavior don't change just because you're introducing an out there idea. Right. People as a, in general are still going to treat things similarly to the way they've always done it. But that was a huge tangent from James Gunn, but I'm very passionate about Superman, <laughs> but I guess what, what would you expect out a suicide squad two with James Gunn in charge? You excited? You'd innovation. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, he, the, the guy is just very creative mm-hmm. and, um, and he's not, um, he's not afraid to be weird, which I kind of like, and, and, it, and it's sort of it, in the worst way, sort of, uh, it is exhibited through those awful tweets. Yeah. Um. You know, because he's literally just trying to be edgy and trying to be out there in order to entertain people, and like that's what he did in a much more refined, uh, in a much more refined way, much cleaner with, way, uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. a more, more family friendly, yeah. friendly. It's way. a Marvel. Mo- it's a Disney movie. They can't.
0: Yeah. There's lines you can't cross. Yeah. Which that's what I'm going to bring up. I think if if this whole movement of the DC universe of of being, you know. I think if anything, he's going to have more control over his own projects than he would have at Marvel. I think really? Marvel gave him maybe more, more control over Guardians than they gave anyone anything, except maybe John Favreau on the first Iron Man movie. Right. And maybe Taika Waititi on Thor 3. But other than that, I think he had the most control over his projects of anyone at Marvel. And you can really feel the stamp of his creativity on those movies. Mm. And I think he's going to have even more With this movie, because of this direction that DC is going, where they're not as concerned about everything being connected and everything matching this overarching um, uh, uh, tone, I think he's going to be able to really put his own stamp on whatever his ideas are for Suicide Squad.
1: Do you think, uh, has DC uh, done any superhero movies that are uh, rated R? They haven't really explored that yet, right? No, no. Do you think only, that, that it's possible? That I think do, only that would be Deadpool that would be so Logan. much fucking cooler, and I feel like James Gunn would be so much more comfortable. If I had James Gunn, I would let him make a rated R Suicide Squad movie.
0: I think you're right. I think he could make a very good rated R Suicide but Squad. But will they do it? I don't know if they'll do it. Yeah, I think the gauge for that will be when Joker comes out. If Joker is rated R, I think they'll let him go rated R.
1: Hmm. But I don't know what Joker is going to so be. So is how is Martin Scorsese? Involved? I with don't. That I movie. don't think he's
0: involved. Is he just? Producing? I think it's it's inspired by Scorsese style. Oh, okay. That's the the tone they're that's going wild. for. <laughs> that's a good yeah, blame. I'm pretty sure. I, <laughs> I thought that he, he was like maybe he's a producer. he might himself. be a producer. Okay, if anything, but I know that just what they're going for is a Scorsese style movie, mm. crime movie specifically.
1: Right. So that,
0: that's James Gunn. Yeah, that's James Gunn. Uh, st- I want to stay in in superhero realm for a sec, but jump mm-hmm. over to a couple trailers came out. So I'm going to bring up some, but the first one will stay in superhero realm. Possibly my most anticipated movie of the entire year Ooh. dropped another trailer last week. And that is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse.
1: That is your most anticipated.
0: Dude, I've had the picture of miles with his air Jordans on clung mm-hmm. to the side of the building right with the
1: hoodie up as my, f- my computer background for like over a year. So you're, you're hyped for this. I'm so excited. Or do you want to get, like, exp- oh. explain what uh, Into the Spider-Verse is, is supposed to be. Okay. And like what you think.
0: So why you're excited for it. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is an animated movie with one of the most unique visual styles that I've seen in recent. It's so unique looking. The, mm-hmm. the color palette is amazing. The art direction is so interesting. And it's just different. Like you were talking about innovation with James Gunn. This is innovative looking. Mm -hmm. It is based on a storyline from the comics called Spider-Verse. Where different Spider-Men from different universes come together to fight a common enemy. Uh, In this movie we have Peter Parker, but it's like old... It's Jake Johnson, Peter. There's no other way to describe it than Jake Johnson, <laughs> Peter Parker. It's the, he's like old and he's, he's like kind of like, he's like a hobo. <laughs> he's a hobo Spider-Man. But that's Peter Parker. Our main character is Miles Morales mm-hmm. from the Ultimate Universe in the comics. He's being voiced by Shameik Moore, who I really like. He's our main character. Shamik
1: Moore from
0: uh, uh, Dope. Dope, the get down mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, those, those are those, those are, are his two his biggest, biggest yeah. product products. Um, mm. Yeah, and Marshall Ali is voicing his dad. There's a lot of really good talent in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we learned recently that Gwen Stacy, but uh, the Spider Gwen version, so another alternate universe where Gwen became Spider Woman and Peter didn't become Spider Man. Right. Uh, she's uh, she's in this. Uh, Nick Cage is voicing Spider Man Noir which is hysterical. And then I think it's Mark Marin. or no, no, it's a SNL writer. John Mulaney is voicing spider ham. Okay. Yeah. And then Haley Steinfeld is spider Gwen, but it's like, it's all these spider men from different universes. And it's like just silly enough. Cause it's a, you can go just a little sillier cause it's animated. Like you can put spider ham in it. Right. It'd be hard to pull off in a live action movie, Yeah. but you can throw him in an animated movie. It's funny. Yeah. And as it's, I don't entirely know what their storyline is going to be. They've barely, they haven't really talked about the villain. I don't really know what the villain. They just, they're all here in the same universe for some reason. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I'm so excited about is the is the visual aspect of it and the tone that comes across in these trailers. I just love it so much
1: because it seems like it's just going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. This like the shot where he jumps off the building and mm-hmm. they have the, all of New York. It's just so beautiful.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. Like it. it's, it's sort of the, the opposite of what we just talked about with, uh, suicide squad and mm-hmm. like a, a lot of like mainstream, uh, movies, like trying to release dark and gritty versions of yeah. their superheroes, which is something that Spider-Man should not be. No, certainly like, not. Yeah, it needs to be fun and yeah. and grounded and emotional, um, and relatable. Cause that's yeah. what, that's what made Peter Parker so interesting in the first place was the fact that he was just this kid from Brooklyn yeah. that was, you know, struggling and, you know, what he's, he's His an personal life is more hectic than his superhero life. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm insanely excited for this movie. The newest trailer showed off some more of the characters that are going to be in it. And we heard their voices a little bit. And, and I'm just, it might be my most anticipated movie of the rest of the year. I just can't wait. Been waiting for it, it for looks a dope. while. It looks dope. Been waiting for it for a while. Uh, what else came out? Oh, okay. Here's one the Rocket Man trailer came out and semi-recently the Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody trailer came out. So I wanted to get your, your ideas on uh, s- similarities, differences, and anticipations for both of them. Because they're both, for those who don't know, Rocket Man is a biopic about Elton John. Bohemian Rhapsody is a biopic about Queen, but more closely, Freddie Mercury himself.
1: Also, this is one thing that we have to talk Is it biopic or biopic? I've no I've always
0: said and heard biopic. I feel I like
1: around our uh, friend group we've always say, used biopic.
0: It might be biopic. But
1: I've never heard anybody else like outside oh. I feel like it might just be this like echo chamber of all of us saying biopic to each other.
0: Oh, we might be wrong. But I yeah. think that it's
1: biopic. It mu- that makes more sense. Biopic? Biography picture. Like, yeah. Makes like, more sense. But biopic like rolls off the tongue yeah. so much better than biopic. Yeah. Makes it sound smarter. But uh, biographical picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm hesitant with both of these movies. Really? Um, okay. Okay, so bi- biopics, biopics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there are these... Everyone always approaches biopics sort of the same way. It, it's it's And it's something that I feel like maybe the ideas of the biopic, that, that, that they are better as ideas than they are ever executed to be good biopics. Like, I don't know... Like what is your favorite biographical picture? I don't know. It's hard to think of one, right? I would say oh, that the glory road. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that really count? I mean, that's just a, cause it's not really like, it's, it's not focused on an, an individual. It's, it's focused kind of on about story. the
0: coach, but it's more about the story.
1: Yeah. It's no, more about I, the story. It is. It is. I'm it, half joking. That's a real life story. Now. I have
0: no shame of my undying love of For movie, glory, glory road, road.
1: but I, I would say that mine is probably Lenny. Lenny? Yeah. Uh, it's a movie with uh, Dustin Hoff and he plays Lenny Bruce, but it's a biographical picture about Lenny Bruce, who was uh, like a really controversial comedian. Oh, okay. Um, and like literally, like stand up comedy wouldn't exist today without Lenny Bruce's uh, involvement and, and his uh, sort of pushing. Like he was very edgy and very mm. um, super intelligent guy. Okay. But I would say Lenny was probably like the best biopic that I have seen. Um, but I feel like every time I hear about a biopic, there's always this cycle of getting sort of hyped for it, wanting to um, be like, oh man, this is such a controversial character. Like this is going to be really cool, uh, especially like when they're uh, based on like musicians. Yeah. Right. Notorious was a movie that it, it, it seems like every biopic that I see is just like I watch it and it's like, that could have been better. Okay. That could have been better. Like it's just, it, they kind of fall. Notorious is one about Biggie? Yeah. Um, Apparently the the Tupac biopic that I didn't see fell flat A lot of people didn't like that Um, That dude looked a lot like Tupac though Oh yeah He looked just like Tupac (laughs) For sure
0: Um, Yeah, so I'm So you're more hesitant because of the overall movement of the genre than anything else Uh, uh,
1: Just because like of, yeah, because of... uh, there's no precedent f- uh, for like me to really okay. Um,
0: That's interesting. I'm with you where when when a biopic or biopic, whatever, is announced, the first thing you attach to is the subject of it, and does that excite you? So for me, Freddie Mercury and Elton John both seem like super interesting people to learn more about, to watch that happen on screen. Now,
1: how much, how big of a fan are you of their respective? I Probably like music. No more Queen than I know Elton John. Yeah,
0: but I'm not huge and I you know I. everyone knows the generic queen songs mm-hmm. and then i probably like go down like one more level you know what I mean like you
1: there's, know there's like less? the songs
0: that everyone no there's the songs that everyone knows and then if you dive one level deeper oh okay that's how so you like, like yeah like queen. I know a little bit but more. I'd probably be on that first level with Elton John
1: like like, do you know like Radio Gaga no well no? I don't
0: know another thing with me is if you played it I'd be like oh yeah I know this song I just don't know what it's called
1: oh radio. this is not gonna work that was, I mean, that was a perfect rendition. I don't yeah. Really, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but that's actually where Lady Gaga got her name from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm a. I, I wouldn't say that I am i uh, I'm an uber fan of of both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do really love their music, but I always. Like, forget, like, little things yeah. about, uh, like, their perspective backstories and lives and stuff. Like, the guy that wrote all of Elton John's that's, songs. That's,
0: that's something I really want to see on screen. Jamie Bell's playing him. Mm-hmm. I already forgot his name. We looked it up right before we started this. Bernie Taupin. There we go. Bernie Taupin. Bernie Taupin.
1: He's, and he's, like, a fucking musical genius. Yeah. And he basically, the story deserves deserves is that
0: Elton respect. John, like, auditioned for some sort of role or to be a singer for something. And they basically said, do you have any of your own music? And mm-hmm. he was like, no. They said, use this. This guy wrote it, but he doesn't sing. He sang it. He loved it so much that he called and found that dude and said, listen, I'm Elton John. I don't write music, but I sing. Can you write music for me? And they never looked back. Mm-hmm. That's like the general story. I'm sure there's much more detail to it. And mm-hmm. we'll probably see it happen in this movie. But what, one of the things that I want to talk about with, with these two movies specifically is the leads. I think they're both great. I think Rami Malek, who's playing Freddie Mercury, and... Taryn Edgerton who's playing Elton John are both really good young actors. I especially am a huge fan of Taryn Edgerton.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, how much do you know about what's uh, Remy Malek?
0: Yeah, I've never seen Mr. Robot. I've
1: uh, never I don't think I've seen him in any I one. know
0: I've seen him in something I just can't remember what it. He was it was like a minor role. I've never seen Mr. Robot, but every everyone says he's great in it. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's going to be very good as Freddie Mercury from the trailers. Mm. Um the thing that separates them for me very specifically, I don't know if you noticed this when you watched either trailer, Taron Edgerton is singing all the music. Rami Malik is not. They're using just the Queen, Freddie Mercury's voice. They're using Taron Edgerton's voice for the Rocketman movie, which I think is super interesting. I
1: knew going into uh, watching that trailer that Taron Edgerton was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if it was because I knew, but I felt like there was there's clearly like a discernible difference between I mean, he's and not Harris Elton and John. John. I understand that he's not Elton John, but like, um, he's, he's a damn good singer though. Hmm. He's really good singer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it depends on the context of the movie. Am, am I going to be able to sink into it? I'm I'm not sure. I, I know in the trailer I was like, okay, like this is, there is a difference here. Um, and I, it is, really interesting how uh, people kind of approach that from a creative point of view, um, how to approach uh, already existing musical material um, and recreating it with Mm -hmm. new actors, right? Because like Straight Outta Compton, they literally, uh, all of the actors from Straight Outta Compton, they uh, re-recorded the entire album. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they basically- So like Ice Cube's son-
0: did all his dad's lines be yes. recorded yes in the um, whole cast that's really cool
1: yeah and they sort of like mixed it up uh as far like they didn't use only the stuff that was recreated and they didn't only use the Whoa. stuff that was so they kind of wow. mixed and matched in that's certain a lot parts. of editing work yeah um but but it is like super interesting and i'm not yeah. sure uh like how they're approaching either of these movies i know that Taryn argerson's doing uh his singing but i am for sure interested in both of these movies
0: yes certainly
1: but i'm also tentative uh i'm more tentative with bohemian rhapsody because i've heard that they're kind of they're not digging into um freddie mercury as much as they should that they're kind of i've heard that they're making it more of a puff piece oh
0: that's kind of a bummer
1: yeah, because it seems like it was, he's it, a
0: super interesting. He lived a really
1: interesting life. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Like, I'm still, I'm still hopeful. You're not tentative. tentative. Like,
0: you're not like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to see these. It's, I don't know how good they're going to be. Yeah. You want to see them. Yeah. It's just you're tentative about the quality.
1: No, no that uh, fucking like when I see these trailers, like I get, I get excited for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm but the same I am, yeah.
0: yeah. Certainly excited for them. Mm-hmm. This brings up, you're talking about biopics or whatever we're going to call them. <laughs> we watched the Quincy Jones documentary oh and the, the it's, it's something where a biopic can be great and everything. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable. You can, you can, you can dive into someone performing as someone else is very interesting, mm. but the level of access and insight that we got into Quincy Jones by walk. It's just called Quincy. Right? It's just called it's Quincy. It's on Netflix. It's, it's on Netflix. called Quincy. I really recommend it. It was so interesting. It's Fascinating. Right? Oh man. Oh man. The amount of, respect and influence that that man has had through his entire and life for
1: those that cause there are people out there yeah, that they don't, don't that yeah. don't know who Quincy Jones is Quincy
0: Jones they know of
1: his music like so without knowing it
0: yeah what yeah exactly. do you like do you like Michael Jackson thanks Quincy Jones
1: mm-hmm.
0: he wouldn't exist without Quincy Jones
1: it's crazy uh, Michael Jackson Stevie Wonder Ray Charles like these are all uh, he, he musicians that he's with. Th- yeah that he worked with um he uh, not only did he like produce his own music and help uh, develop stars. He's mostly like
0: a, he's mostly known as being a producer.
1: Yes, but he's also done film scores and oh, stuff so like that did, too.
0: What did it say? Over Five thousand 5, 5, films. films, 5, 000, films. 5, 000, like original, this man was original prolific. pieces. it. was crazy the amount of work he did. Mm-hmm. It was crazy.
1: But uh, just very very well respected uh, amongst the musical community, mm-hmm. um, and, and, so even, influential. and even and even people now. Kendrick Lamar, contemporary artists like fucking Watching, Kendrick Lamar. that might
0: have been my favorite favorite scene of the documentary. Mm-hmm. The the amount of respect f- just oozing out of Kendrick when he th- he's in awe talking to Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Yeah. It's just aw- it's so cool. Uh, but I think the the difference between a documentary like that and a biopic of a music because we're talking about musicians n- most people don't it seemed like he was giving access to cameras his whole life. And I, 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 we don't know why there's so many times he's being filmed throughout his life. Uh, he was literally like mic'd up for things. Mm-hmm. So he, it might've been for different projects and they collected it all. Like, There's
1: a point where he visits his old his house. Home. Uh, cause he's from the South side of Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he visits his, uh, the home that he grew up in for the first time in like 40 years 40 or whatever. Years, yeah. And, uh, while he's, it's this old footage. I mean, because it wasn't like uh, this footage came from like 2015 no, no, or something. No, 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 no. It, it's probably
0: like 20 years old.
1: Yeah, it's like 20 year old years old footage. Yeah. Uh, but he has a, a lav mic on him yep. while he's going through his old house. And he's getting really emotional, but you can hear everything he's saying. Yeah.
0: And credit to Rashida Jones, his daughter, who you may know from The, the Office. Office in Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. She directed the the documentary. And you know, basically, whenever she was in a car with her dad, she was filming an interview, and asking him questions. Just the dude lived a, a fascinating life, and the documentary is amazing. And we just wanted to highly recommend it. And I thought it was an interesting parallel to the biopics. Yeah. Just the amount of the difference in the access and stuff is so interesting to me. Um, but there's one more trailer I wanted to talk about.
1: Oh shit! Are, are we going to on on three? I think we should name the movie. You for the trailer? Yeah, for the trailer. One, on. two three aladdin lights. oh,
0: oh the, well aladdin came out last night right have you seen um, it yeah i watched it a lot uh, of
1: sand a lot of sand a whole lot of sand lot of reminded me of my deployment
0: a lot of sand in the navy a lot of cg I started getting a lot of not a lot of meat there's no. not really much to dig into in that trailer
1: hmm? it's
0: it's that is a lot a tea- of meat is that not, what you
1: said not meat you know no oh not a lot of meat yeah. i thought you said there was a lot of meat no the there's not I was like, was there like, like a part where they showed the marketplace or something, and there was like hanging meat? Nope, they don't show the marketplace. Okay. Uh, you meant like, in a, like in a, a, in symbolic, a, sense. In a like symbolic sense? Like there's nothing a lot, to sink. There's no substance.
0: Yeah. There's. Yeah. There's. Basically nothing. It's very much a teaser. That's what a teaser trailer should be. Yeah. But I did see a funny comment about it where they said, "shirt under the vest, unwatchable."
1: oh i didn't even realize He's wearing that. A shirt i just realized how slick his hair was his, that was another thing yeah it he so had slick. very smooth hair
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited for that movie uh mm-hmm. i i'm not one of these people who when they hear that disney's making a live action version of a movie that i get angry about it i'm like no cool i'm I'll, I'll, i'm interested mm-hmm. i think that it's very i think their their choices of directors are interesting like guy Ritchie is directing this movie mm-hmm. they're they, i think that i love the fact that they're doing these world scouring searches for the leads. I, I don't think, I don't know who this dude playing Aladdin is. Right. Uh, Naomi Scott's playing Jasmine. She's been in like power Rangers and she was in Terra Nova. On TV oh my years ago. God.
1: What did I already know that? I don't know. Oh my, but God. why am I? I've That's so perfect. Yeah. She's great. That is so perfect. She's
0: great. Oh but, my uh, God. I'm going to
1: fall in love with Jasmine yeah, all over again. Yeah, All
0: over again. Oh God. Uh, but Will Smith is playing the genie and second. that's like the big Hold contention. On. You got it. You need a second. You need a second.
1: That's so. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> that's so great.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's gorgeous. Uh, but yeah, Will Smith is playing the genie, and that's like this big. Source what of does the Aladdin condition.
1: rank for you uh, as far we've, as? So is. We've
0: gone over this. We have. I think so. Maybe it wasn't you. I my favorite Disney movie of all time is Lion King. I love Lion yeah, King. I feel like I it did too. not watch Aladdin barely any growing up because my mom didn't like it. My mom was just like, "eh," about Aladdin. So when she would put in a Disney movies, she just never put on Aladdin. Huh. And I was never like, "I want to watch Aladdin." I don't know Aladdin super well. I love Lion King, I love Hercules, I love Moana, I love all Disney movies. Like every, like basically every I Disney like movie. That I like huge it. Huge
1: jump in like the, chrono- oh, there like, was a, the chronology. Oh, there was a there was a Disney movies. Well, there was a
0: thing on Twitter.
1: <laughs> I love Moana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I know that I was 24 <laughs> when it came out,
0: but. Cool. There was a thing on Twitter, like, semi-recently. It was, like, some kind of hashtag where it was, like, your Disney 3 or something, or Disney 4, it might have been. But you just put a picture of, like, the things, your favorite. It was, like, your favorite or the ones you related to them. I don't really know what it was, but I put something from Lion King and something from a picture of Hercules and a picture of Moana. And I was, Mm -hmm. like, the Moana just... One of these things is not like the other, but I love Moana so much. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so I'm excited for Aladdin. I But... It's just not much to go
1: on from that trailer. I, we don't even know what Will Smith's going to look like. You're, all, you're also like a little bit more... So you probably don't have as much of an attachment, nostalgia-wise. To Aladdin? I have Aladdin.
0: basically none. I have but at the same time, I have an insane amount of nostalgia attached to Lion King. And I'm super excited for the Lion King live-action movie. Right, right, right. That cast, off the rails. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. Woo! Donald Glover as Simba? Are you kidding me? And then uh, the, the 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 young dude that sang with him on yeah this on his album that yeah. kid is playing young Simba mm-hmm. yeah, which is like perfect because when you hear him mm-hmm. on that album you're like you know he yeah.
0: performed at the Grammys with him yeah it was Super sick cool. it was a yeah. dope oh, really performance.
1: Cool. Um, I have a huge attachment to to Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I would say that this is like competing with Lion King. As Most as my boys
0: our age grew up loving Aladdin. Yeah, I am the in the minority here. Yeah, in terms of dudes who grew up in the 90s, Disney movies they liked. Yeah, Most I, dudes liked Aladdin. I just didn't, I wasn't super exposed to it.
1: Yeah, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. But it's, it's weird because I, I feel like I am more excited for Lion King too. Can I, can I give you a rumor that might freak you out a little bit? Apparently, Will Smith
0: is not going to look like the genie as we know him. He's just going to be Will Smith bald with a ponytail. That's the face I was waiting for.
1: <laughs> Will Smith bald with a ponytail by itself, like with no context as far as like attaching it to Aladdin. Like it, it's bizarre <laughs> by itself.
0: <laughs> Speechless. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know how to how to feel about that. I don't even know if he's going to be blue. Because I don't know how you should approach how to, like uh, a genie in my, in a live action movie, in a live action movie. I would think that they would just, you know, CGI it and fucking yeah. make him look. I thought like it was going to be like motion some type capture of, for, I thought it was going to
0: be a motion capture performance.
1: Like, yeah, like a mo, but like still make him with CGI, like this ethereal thing.
0: Yep. Um, that's what I expected. Hmm.
1: Apparently, I mean, this might
0: be wrong. It's just um, a rumor I saw. Apparently it's just going to be Will Smith.
1: Is this, Oh my God.
0: And this is like the biggest contention of this movie.
1: You is, know what it makes me think of, like, dude?
0: The Robin Williams level is so hard to live up to.
1: You know what it makes me think of? What? Kazam.
0: That's the joke that everyone was making. Yeah, <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah. Yo, I give me a remake Kazam. of give
1: me a remake of Kazam with Joel and Bead. <laughs> How many people do you think don't know what Kazam is or Kazam is?
0: A lot, probably. I barely know what it is. I just know Shaq plays a you, genie. Have,
1: did you? You never actually saw it. No, I just okay. know Shaq plays a genie. Yeah, that's it's it's, that's literally all it is. is Shaq <laughs> plays a genie. You don't have to like explain anything There's nothing else, else with to that. Get movie. into with it. Shaq plays a genie. Shaq plays a genie. Um, yeah, but I'm more, for sure more hype for Lion King. Oh, yeah. the Lion well, Jungle King. Book was so
0: good, and it's going to be the same, you know, technology it's, and process as, as Jungle Book and, was. And John
1: Favreau is still uh, involved with it, right? He's the one that's directing Lion King. Am I wrong? I'll find out. do do, do. But
0: yeah. Just uh,
1: b- but as far as cast, while well, you look that up, uh, Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Donald Glover is playing Simba. Simba, at least. Uh, Dude, young, Seth Rogen Simba. is playing Pumba. Oh, How perfect yeah. is that? Um, fuck. Uh, the only thing I'm
0: sad about is that Who's they are Who's there from The Daily Show
1: that uh, does- John Oliver's playing John Oliver's Zazu. playing Zazu.
0: The only thing I'm sad about is that they're not bringing back Nathan Lane to play Timon. Billy Eichner's playing Timon, which I like Billy Eichner. His, uh, he's got the bit his bits, the yelling bit. He's a funny guy. Yeah. But Nathan Lane is so legendary as Timon. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Uh directed by yeah, John Favreau. You're right. And and they are bringing Beyonce, back- Beyonce, dude. Beyonce.
1: And oh shit. And they are bringing back James Earl Jones. Yes, right? he's the
0: only returning cast member.
1: Hmm. She would
0: tell Edgy for is playing Scar? Oh my god. Shit. That movie's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. <laughs> I'm way more excited for Lion King than Aladdin, but I am excited for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah they're they're talking they're casting uh, Little Mermaid right now. There's the rumor that Zendaya is gonna play The Little Mermaid. Um, I don't know if that's real or not, or if they're if they've moved any further with that, but they just finished the casting or they just released the recently the first image for the Mulan movie. Uh there's a bu- there's a bunch of yeah. live action Disney. I'm excited for all of them though. I I think it's cool. I don't. I'm not on that side of people that are like, that's just a cash grab. It's- well,
1: I do. I so when I hear about these movies coming out, I do like understand like the. I, I get like a little bit of a guttural reaction. That's just like, what? Like <laughs> like uh, like like, like, like why are you? Why like oh okay you're just everything is just going to be a remake of already existing material you know and I I do appreciate when original movies come out um,
0: yeah for sure I, I don't I don't think being excited for one makes you the antithesis of the other I don't think loving original movies coming out means you can't love a remake of a Disney movie
1: or a re a rehash of it but, is but I do find like like the, so, so, the that the reaction of the, the, the distaste for all of these live action remakes. Um, I, I can relate to it too. Even though I do like the fucking remake of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That's, it, like, that's it, like the it, most.
0: That's the closest to the original too. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Jungle Book was different than Jungle Book and Maleficent was way different than Sleeping Beauty. That's not as much of a remake and more of a offshoot. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Cinderella, Cinderella was very close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There there was there was some weird there was some weird stuff in there. Um, Yeah, but I I do enjoy them, you know, Mm -hmm. and they are well done movies. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think that any of them are really bad movies, and I think that people do.
0: Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt your thought, but you you mentioned uh, uh, and the Beast. Did, were you bothered by Emma Watson singing in that movie? No, not one no. bit. No, I was not one. People, I see comments about that movie everywhere. Just people go, oh, "If only they could have got someone better than Emma Watson." It was so obvious that she was auto-tuned, and it's like everyone in a musical is always auto-tuned except for Les Mis.
1: I people, I I think people are sort of addicted to their own cynicism.
0: Oh f- sure, sure. Oh yeah, I think more than ever. We, li- this is something that really bothers me about just talking about the kind of stuff that we're talking about mm-hmm. is we live in a time where it seems like you either have to love or hate something there's no middle ground mm-hmm. things can't have good and bad in them anymore it's so weird
1: well the, like there's a lot of like separate elements to it you know the like the the idea that um like so, like a lot of people subconsciously cannot admit their own optimism for um for popular things mm-hmm. you know like as soon as uh, especially it's widely um it's, it's it's rampant in music you know the as soon as a musician becomes popular people start hating on that musician oh yeah which
0: well uh, logic's like a perfect example logic is
1: a perfect example um but it is like the the most common thing when you bring up someone's music and you bring up a talented artist Like it's almost like Everyone's first reaction Is like oh I love Their earlier stuff
0: I love Maroon 5 You say I like Maroon 5 It's Mm -hmm. I only like their first album It's like okay I get it
1: Yeah Um And And there is a lot of Things that go into that There is just For probability's sake Like when more people Uh When when someone becomes More popular And their artistry Becomes more popular There's going to be More people that listen to it And therefore More people that Aren't going to like it Yep Um Just a numbers game, yeah, and people are also going to be more likely to dislike it because it's more of an obligation, you know. But like, say if you're taking uh, someone, like like logic, you know, if you're taking a musician who is becoming popular and then their songs are on the radio all the time, well, now that person becomes more of an obligation because before when, if you wanted to listen to young Sinatra one mm-hmm. or two, you would have to actually go back and on your own accord, yeah. listen to that music. it going SoundCloud or YouTube or something. Whereas like, um, it. uh, fuck. What was his? Everybody. Yeah. Whereas, Not
0: African, everybody. Yeah. I, I, I know fucking, that's what you're I doing. always fuck it up.
1: So whereas everybody you'll listen, you'll hear There's it on the radio. You'll hear it, radio, it at fucking yeah. Buffalo wild wings at a bar or somewhere. There's, and, um. <laughs> <laughs> um so, so there is a lot of elements To why people Just instantly start hating um, The more, I also more think, popular reasons. I think
0: that people I think people look for reasons To not like things More than look for reasons To like things And that's sad to me
1: it, 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 But being optimistic About something and, and, and putting yourself, it, it is putting yourself out there. It's almost, a, it's, it's, well, to me, it's a form of vulnerability. You're exposing
0: yourself to because it, if it's bad. Because if you're it saying, hurts.
1: yeah, like, because if you're, if you put yourself out there and say, Hey, I'm really excited for venom. Right. And it ends up sucking. Mm-hmm. Right. Your taste is now bad. Yeah. You know, you put your stamp of approval on something that has, has been proven as shit. Yeah. Right. And therefore your opinion is now inferior mm-hmm. and people are not going to, uh, come to you. Well, That's for- a, that's
0: another, like just uh, having multiple websites out there that numerically rank art. It's art. Yeah. A movie is a piece of art, no yeah. matter how, you know, high concept or low concept the movie is. It's a piece of art that was put together by mm-hmm. hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. It's a hard process. And now there's just, you put a number on it and everyone expects that's just what it is. Right. And having your own idea of it, whether it's less or more than what the masses think of it.
1: Doug, can we pause this? Because I got to piss. Yeah.
0: All right. For sure. We back and we
1: back and we back. We back. Sorry guys. I have like the smallest bladder known to man. Oh great. It's almost as small as my hands are. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, these tiny little Big Mac hands, dude. Tiny <laughs> little Big Mac hands. Well, you know you know that Big Mac commercial where the guy has the tiny oh, hands yeah. and he can't get Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it Big Mac or, or is it really... like Whopper? I don't know. I forgot. I don't
0: know. Uh, did we did we finish talking about Aladdin? Oh uh we, Aladdin. We, I think we we, we we leapt somewhere different.
1: I don't really want to talk about Aladdin anymore. I, just, I want to talk about this relationship between uh, like the audience and artistry and then it being popular and stuff. So yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's where we were. That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, an, another thing that it like is just a, a common pattern that happens with uh, any kind of artist and especially musicians is that like their early work is uh, it, it, it exists. In a, a a time where like they aren't popular, you know, and you have your whole, whole life, life to
0: work on your first album.
1: True, but it, it but it, it comes from a different place. Yeah, certainly, especially
0: right. when you th- talk about like a a hip hop artist. Yeah, because the often they come from these mm. these hard backgrounds, and yeah. that's poured into their first mm-hmm. work.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and it's it's just it's so much more grounded, and it like it becomes it comes from so much more of a real place, whereas like. You know, if Eminem comes out with an album now, how how grounded is it? You know, like Kamikaze like how
0: did pretty well, but I didn't listen. Kamikaze,
1: to it. yeah, Kamikaze is is good, you but it's good it? for specific reasons. You know, mm-hmm. it's not
0: well. It's also Eminem, so you know it's going to be technically proficient. Mm-hmm. Anything that he makes is going to be rapped well,
1: mm-hmm. um, despite
0: whatever he's rapping about.
1: But uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk about Young Sinatra Four, mm-hmm. Logic's um,
0: newest. I don't even know what to call them. They're all mixtape. I don't know. That's, I don't know.
1: I I like it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's not. I really it's it. weird because it, it kind of it's not really. Is it book ended or is it just the beginning that sort of includes what was in?
0: Oh, Kai and and uh, the characters from yes uh, the incredible true story. It's just the beginning. It's the end of everybody leads into the beginning of Young Sinatra Four. Right. Basically, logic. Tricked us. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> fuck he made that. Us,
0: he made us think it was gonna be his last album. Fuck and then he, he that. was like, like no, it's just the last. It's young his Sinatra. fourth. It's
1: fourth album. His last. His last one. one. It's oh just no, I was just last, talking about the young. The uh, young Sinatra collection. That yeah. was like for me. I was like, that's fucking jumping the shark. Fuck you, dude. Like that. It kind of annoyed me.
0: Is it jumping the shark though? If you like the album, that kind of goes against jumping the shark. Uh, it's just kind of a bump. You're like, all right, I get it. Uh, yeah, okay. It's it, like it, Iron Man 3. It annoys we t- me. like Iron Man 3. It's like, you got me. Congratulations.
1: I yeah, but I kind of like. I I, I like them doing it in Iron Man 3, but I also don't have an attachment towards uh, like, like well, I no, I'm talking about how the expected trailers... this to be his last album. Oh, you know? you, and, oh,
0: wait, wait, wait. You thought this was the last album? Yeah. Oh, no, bruh. No, that wasn't the presentation. Huh? That was. This was. This is. That's why I said mixtape. This is specifically not part, his albums. Right. This he is has the, three albums.
1: But yeah, but like I, I thought I was like, okay, so this is no, going to be the last thing no, that no, he no, produces. No, 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 no. But it's not because
0: since he made everybody, he also came out with Bobby Tarantino too. Yeah. It's he, well,
1: I but I knew that that was going to be a mixtape from the get, yeah. And no, so I thought that, that like maybe oh, no, maybe were. he was going full circle mm-hmm. and this was the like you know with him naming it Young Sinatra 4 that he was like going tapping into his roots again and uh, yeah, he was uh, shooting like, for that,
0: yeah, but he was it was but it's for were sure were not his it's obviously not yeah. his last album, yeah. There's I think uh, I think like the album specifically, I think uh, like the first half of it is like it's pretty good, it's, you know. Basic logic music, but there's a couple songs in the second half that I really loved. Mm-hmm. I love the the hundred hundred miles and Runnin' when he goes off the rails. That's with Wale, right? Yeah, and he goes like quadruple that, time with that rhythm that he's rapping at. The, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's super fast. And the the song Young snatcher Four, I think, is really mm-hmm. good. Specifically, those two I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I like all those. Um, it is so I have this weird relationship. With logic's music because i like i found out about logic Mm -hmm. from this old youtube video i was watching like some type of music video i think it might have been like a bet cypher or something like that and somebody posted in the comment um they named like 10 up-and-coming artists that were really good that you should listen to and like to this day uh like I've been listening to I think like half of those artists that were on that list. So oh, wow. whoever made that comment, Good thank work. you very much. Good work. <laughs> but Logic was on there. I, I think um Isaiah Rashad and Jalen Santoy were on there. Um fuck, who else was but anyways, like so I looked into Logic and this was before Under Pressure yeah. even came out, before his main song. I studio remember you showing me out.
0: what's the what's the music video with Gumby in the car? What song is
1: that? Uh, all I do.
0: Yeah. I remember you showing me that. Yeah. And being like, this dude's dope. And we were like, Oh and hell yeah. And then under pressure came out and we were like, Oh hell yeah. I
1: mean, because I, the the first video that I watched from him was nasty. I don't know if you've heard nasty. I heard it, but
0: it's, I don't, uh, it's cause I recently go, went back through like all his old stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, but the, the music video itself was just kind of like a, grounded and yeah yeah cookie cutter um like rap video Mm -hmm. um just him rapping in different locations and Mm -hmm. shit uh but the song itself like sort of displayed his lyrical ability and you could tell that he wasn't that he was someone who was putting thought into his music Mm um and then i listened to all i do which i thought was a much better produced song than nasty um and the the beat is fucking sick yeah and i think that's probably one of logic's like greatest uh uh his strengths is that the who well, he works with six
0: yeah six is six has never missed
1: yeah he's fucking his, he's an amazing yeah, producer yeah um and uh i as soon as under pressure came out I, the um, under pressure was incredible under
0: pressure is my favorite logic album I think you might like the incredible true story the most. Yeah, I also love the incredible true story, but under incredible my true
1: favorite. story, which uh, shorthand is tits. Yeah, because <laughs> the incredible true stories is uh, an acronym for it yeah. is tits. Um, so if we do talk about tits We're, from, yeah, um, unless there's another, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we might be talking <laughs> about logic. Ta- Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, t- tits is for sure my favorite. Um, Mm. Logic album because I feel like it is the most creative. So
0: here's here's something I'll ask you
1: specifically in that vein. We both love the
0: creativity and Mm. the sort of how different uh, the incredible true story is. A lot of people point to that as like the beginning of Logic being corny and Mm. that
1: being the main reason people don't like Logic. Like because it, it, it comes, I can understand people thinking that it sort of comes off as a gimmick. That like this, uh, I feel like that's why people say that it's, it's cheesy. Why his
0: certain stuff is cheesy. Everybody is certainly cheesier.
1: Like a, he'll do stuff in everybody. Like, uh, he'll, he'll have ad libs. Like who can relate? Woo. That's cheesy (laughs) as fuck. Um, (laughs) he also does. It's corny.
0: He spends a lot more time just talking over a beat on everybody. Mm -hmm. He just talks. Mm hmm which he does again on Young Sinatra 4, but he does it on the... in the it, It's it's like where it fits. It's in the last song. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's his, his like, thanking everyone for who've been there for him and all this kind of stuff. It comes across much better to me than it comes across on everybody. Yeah, because in everybody,
1: it's like smack dab in he, the middle. And
0: he, well, he does it multiple times, and he basically keeps talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, we get it.
1: I love you, Bobby, but we get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a little bit... T- but, um that's a little bit tired. You're like my problem with everybody was just that it's too focused on the message. Yeah. And I have had conversations with people before about how or about why they listen to rap music. And a lot of people will say, um, like I only listen to it for the lyrics, you know, and usually like those people are like, like Tupac is my favorite mm-hmm. uh, artist. That's what they'll say. Um, which I I can respect. I can, but there is more to music. There's, there's parts more to, to art than just the the message. Oh yeah, you know, like
0: well, I break hip hop into kind of maybe if I'm listening to a rap song, I think I break it down into three categories.
1: There's the lyrics. There's
0: the there's the production, the beat, and all that all that's involved in the production. And then there's the uh, call it flow. There's the way the artist sounds delivering the lyrics it's a very different thing to me because you can give three different rappers the same lyrics and they will create three different songs
1: right would you would you include like their melody along with that flow that's in flow that's flow is a yeah flow is a a generic flow or sound like yeah their flow is an umbrella term that which like includes melody yep uh, as well as their uh their rhythm, mm-hmm. their intonation. Yep, exactly. Um, the,
0: it's the way they sound mm-hmm. delivering their lines yeah. over the production.
1: Um and do do you feel like when you're listening to Young Sinatra 4, mm-hmm. uh are you like, "Alright, I'm kind of sick of this flow." Do you ever have those moments? It's I feel like he like there's a few times on Young Sinatra 4. I don't want to say 4, I'm
0: sick of it, but I I I'm used to it. Yeah, he doesn't. So when I when you first start listening to Logic, he'll start he'll jump into the double time flow that he does, and it blows mm-hmm. your mind. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, this right. dude's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he goes one level beyond that in this album on 100 Miles. He goes like quadruple time on that mm-hmm. one. But I know what you I know what you're getting at. I don't want to say I'm tired of it because I still like it.
1: I wouldn't even I like the way just, it sounds. I wouldn't even just say. It. When he raps fast, you know, like that, that double time, quadruple time stuff. I'm not even saying just that, but his, uh, his delivery, his delivery across multiple songs, Mm -hmm. like it it seems like he's not innovating enough. Well, that's why I
0: say the first half, I think the first half of the album specifically blends together. It all sounds the same, right? It's all, it's more, more cookie cutter.
1: Yeah. Than the second half of the album, which is something like I respect it when uh, certain like cause certain artists are very good at switching up their flows so oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Um it's something J. Cole J. Cole does it constantly. I would say that J. Cole is the king of he does flow. It constantly. like uh like Kendrick, I would say is overall the Best greatest yeah. rap artist yeah. right now. Um but I would say that J. Cole has a better flow because he's more innovative and it seems like every time he approach he approaches a song he has a new flow he if has could have new melodies that just that are syncing in with this music so well yeah if I could um, have someone
0: like narrate my life it'd be J. Cole because he makes everything of sound, sound cool because the sound of his voice he just makes everything sound so cool <laughs> <laughs> he just makes everything sound so cool
1: <laughs> you wouldn't pick any voice actor did nope. you? you would literally <laughs> J. Cole nope J. Cole
2: no.
1: <laughs> Like every voice Steve actor, Steve Bloom, get out of here! I want Jake Cole. <laughs> every voice actor's like motherfucker. <laughs> Already having a hard time getting jobs. <laughs> I can't even hypothetically nail this They're one. Right, this dude's life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and yeah, like, has it seems so superficial to like sort of grade someone's voice. Um, on, but, it, but you're a musician.
0: Your voice is your exactly. instrument. Exactly. Your yeah, voice is your you're, instrument. You're, your
1: voice is your instrument. And some people just don't like the sound of a harpsichord. You know, like, uh,
0: some people just don't like the sound of Chance the Rapper.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I mean, it, some people. It and I, I can't really, I can't judge you for not liking no, no, the sound if, of if you don't someone's like, voice. You don't like it. Yeah. It's, if if it just doesn't phonetically yeah. uh, resonate with you, then it I just don't doesn't. like
0: the sound of Future.
1: Oh, you don't? No. Huh.
0: I don't like future music. That's what I call it. Future music. Music from the future made by future.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that uh, that Rick and Morty bit. You're not going to know. Nope, it. I won't know it. People music. People. Oh, people music. Sounds nice. <laughs> um But I, overall like I do really like Young Sinatra 4. Like I and it gets to This point um, with uh, certain artists, like I, I, I know you definitely deal with this, like with Kanye, especially with, with what Kanye is doing right now. Um, but you're so attached mm. to the, their original work. And yeah. when controversy starts coming in um, and people are uh, collectively starting to discount their... They're genius because I honestly do believe that Kanye West I, a is, is a musical Absolutely. genius. I'll never stop listening to anything from
0: uh college dropout, late registration, all the, all the way through Yeezus. I'll never stop. I mm-hmm. love all of those mm-hmm. works. The life of Pablo is where it starts falling off for me. Right.
1: You're also like not the typical Kanye West fanboy because you jumped in. Sort of.
0: Should I explain my backstory of discovering Kanye West? I didn't listen to rap really until high school. I think in eighth grade, when "Akon's Don't Matter" became one of the most popular songs on radio, (laughs) I started getting into rap a little bit. And I would, sorry mom, if you're listening, I would tell my mom that I was downloading music like Akon. When I was when I was downloading <laughs> I would download like a rap song on iTunes and she'd say who she would see it. She'd be like, "Who is this?" I'd be like, "Oh, it's like an Akon song." And that's how I would get away with it. <laughs> Which I probably she probably knew that's not what was happening. Like, She's
1: smart. But I I, I remember uh like cuz I listened to rap music way yeah. earlier on um, than you did. Mm-hmm. But because of like my just how I grew up because yeah. I went to a predominantly black school in elementary school. Yeah, in elementary yeah. school, um, you were like one of the only white kids at your school. Yeah, but right? like so, like at school, I was listening to like rap and R and B. But then when I went home, like my parents were listening to country. Yeah, and uh, like they were, they would listen to like Motown. Like my mom would be into that. Uh, my dad it. was into I love it too. Motown. And my my dad was listening to like classic rock, AC. Yeah. DC. So like my yeah, like my
0: parents, my my mom likes more. of She likes like pop from like the 80s and stuff. Mm -hmm. but like my parents when they're together they listen to country music almost predominantly but my dad will also play things like james taylor Mm. and and jimmy buffett growing up that was kind of stuff that i would listen to growing up yeah but i so when we got into high school 808s and heartbreak came out Mm -hmm. and that was the first kanye west that i ever listened to
1: and it's so bizarre because a lot of people will they don't say that well they will say that that's sort of like the the Start of the downfall You, you know, could like argue that But say, then
0: His magnum opus Came out after that
1: <laughs> So uh, My Beautiful uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy yeah. Came out after that That's his
0: magnum opus Oh uh, for sure For sure that's his magnum opus Absolutely
1: I, Like I would be interested In seeing like A poll of like Kanye West fans And their favorite their album Their favorite album Cause I feel like College Dropout would be way up there I think I would say that College Dropout Would be it the number way, one
0: It might be But I don't think it would I think My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy I don't
1: know, know I, it, I would say Maybe two If if I had to put my money on like what through a bet, I like. Actually, I don't know. I I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and and organized. It's hard. It's hard. Um, there's there's so
0: much of it. It's really hard. But yeah, so eight oh eight holds like this very special place for me because it was the first Kanye I ever listened to, and it like just changed. I was like blown away by it. I was like, wow. I just connected mm -hmm. to it so much, and then I started going backwards and discovered the older albums. And I was like, Oh, this, this was very different than 808s and Heartbreak, but I like it a lot. And then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out and it basically meshed both worlds together. Mm-hmm. And that's why I call it his magnum opus. It's, mm-hmm. it's the collection of all of his different mm-hmm. styles up to that point. Mm-hmm. Plus he brought so many people involved in it and everything. And then Jesus is just nuts. I love Jesus It's crazy.
1: Jesus is just insane. <laughs> a lot of people don't like you. Yeah. A lot of
0: people don't like Jesus It's crazy. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the life of Pablo. There's some song, there's probably like 6 or 7 songs on it
1: that Ultra, I love. like To me, if you can't if you listen to Ultralight Beam and you don't like it, I don't I don't know if you can like rap music. Paul Mamengakis. Does he not like Ultralight Beam? Mm-hmm. Why?
0: We don't want no devils in the house. He likes
1: Chance, right?
0: I don't Paul's very limited rap. Like
1: interest. how we're just talking about yeah, one of Paul, our we're friends that you. no one. That, <laughs> there's going to be so many people that listen to this. And be like, Who the fuck is <laughs> Paul? <laughs> oh,
0: geez. Um, yeah, but he, yeah, I agree with you. I think Ultra bleem is one of Kanye's best songs ever. Mm-hmm. I love that song. But the project as a whole, I don't love. It's too long. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there that just doesn't, it's just, doesn't need to be there. And now he's gone the opposite direction. Now he makes these like seven song in one month he released four albums that he produced. Mm-hmm. One of them is his own, one of them is his and Kid Cudi's. one of them was Pusha T's, and one of them was Teana Taylor's.
1: I only listen to Ye. Mm-hmm. I listen to And Kid the sea one Ghost. with Kidsy Kid Ghost. Kidsy Ghost is amazing. It's fucking great. Kidsy Ghost but is amazing. We've also talked about I this. I think before. it's more
0: Kid Cudi influence <laughs> than Kanye influence. Because if you look at the yeah. producers on every song, it's mostly written, produced by Kid Cudi and not Kanye.
1: And Kid Cudi is, uh, I feel like, a perfect example uh, as far as like when we look at Logic and his message, you mm-hmm. know, his and his undying... Um, peace, love, and positivity, baby. Peace, love, and positivity. It, it's It does get preachy, which I...
0: I so I, I will agree that sometimes in his songs he can get preachy with it or corny mm-hmm. with it. I will never accept the viewpoint that people go, oh, I'm just tired of the peace, love, and positivity. That's... What do you want... War, hate, and negativity, but, and what do you, what do you, but
1: ju- what's just your because, deal? But just because people are sort of exhausted with that message doesn't mean that they want the antithesis of that That's message. That's true. That's true. And uh, you know, it's, uh, Kid Cuddy is such a perfect example because he isn't superficially about peace, love, and positivity. You know, like, uh, but uh, he's
0: very vocal about mental health, though.
1: He's, he's vocal about his own mental health, but that's the, the thing with Kid Cudi is that he is so fucking personal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he is so... Um, uh, he exhibits his own struggle so mm-hmm. well within his own music as well as just social media and shit like that and talking about yeah. what he's struggling through uh, that that ends up becoming positive. Like, I don't know about you, but the fucking shit that I've gone through there has been times when I've listened to Kid Cudi and it's pulled me out of fucking dark situations, mm-hmm. you know, and shout out Kid Cudi. But <laughs> but that is the one one of the powers of art and I'm not sure if I'm sure that logic thinks about that, but I don't know if uh like he um realizes that like he might be undermining his, his own, own message by trying to put it out so Okay,
0: much. well here's he's made it he's released some form of album or mixtape every year for something like ten years. What if? Do you think it would be if it would help him if he cut back and did a more normal route of releasing something every I want, two or
1: three years? So I want, I will never say that it is the wrong thing to do uh, for it an artist to be more personal. And I no, want, never ever, I want that from Logic, mm-hmm. uh, and not just his backstory of well, how we. Grew I mean, up. just
0: to go, he just got divorced.
1: Exactly. I don't think he ever references that on the album. Uh, He, he made a social media post about it and I think that he mentions it. He does like that weird sort of loose, uh, talks
0: about a wife at some point.
1: Yeah. But like in going through a divorce and shit like that in young Sinatra four, but it's like one of those things where he sort of projects his own story onto another character. Um,
0: yeah, because he'll do that a lot. He'll rap as different characters a lot.
1: Yeah, which, I I find that innovative. No, yeah, it's super I, I, I think cool. that. Yeah, I think that is really cool. Uh, um, but I I would enjoy. I, I I want to hear what Logic's going through now emotionally. Yeah, you know, I, and what his process is, like what what his struggles are right now. Yeah, because um, no one ever doesn't have them. Did I phrase that right?
0: Everyone's always going through something. Everything's always, go- and, and
1: it's it's different magnitudes of things. Absolutely, um, yeah. Uh,
0: like, obviously, a rap song about how like your microwave broke <laughs> might not be very good, but in the hands of the right person, it could be amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kanye is going to be rapping about dishwashers. Soon. Dude.
0: I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to do it. It's fine. It makes me sad. We're,
1: we've moved past Kanye. Take your.
0: Take your take your medicine,
1: please. It it is kind of sad. It's sad. It's it's, it's sad how like he. uh, How can you be
0: outspoken about things and then admit to not being educated about them, to not knowing what you're even talking about?
1: He's a crazy person.
0: He's he's, he's a crazy person. I don't want to talk about. Let's. I I had one more movie before we move on from movies. Do it. We we went into music, but I had one more movie thing. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Vice the movie about Dick Cheney. How do you like that title? Vice? It's,
1: I don't really like it. Yeah. If you said,
0: I'm going to go see Vice, I would be like, it makes me think is of it a movie Miami about vice? like, uh, someone's issues? Like my vices? Right. That's what it makes me think. Like of. shame? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, it makes me think of something like that. I don't think of vice president, but what are you going to call a movie about Dick Cheney? Cheney? Oh yeah, that's true. You could just call it, <laughs> could just call it Cheney. Or, or Dick. Dick, or Dick, yeah. uh, Like it's, Dick would be a better. It's title. directed.
1: It's directed by Adam McKay. Yeah. You know, like it's it's who made The Big it, Short.
0: This dude is not
1: going to pull any punches. You you have you've seen uh, The Big Short. Yeah. Okay.
0: Big shorts very good. Great performances. Yeah.
1: And it it, it's something that deals with a lot of huge issues that are hard to grasp and it it approaches it from like sort of like a a ground level point Mm -hmm. of view. Like you have Margot Robbie in a tub trying to explain to you like (laughs) like it's really complex uh, uh, economic issues. Um and it's uh I'm I'm fucking excited for it.
0: For for Vice? Yeah. Me too. Can I tell you specifically why? Okay. Two words. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if Sam Rockwell wasn't in this movie, I'd still be like, all right, cool. I'll love see it. this movie. Uh, Christian Bale's amazing. Uh, Adam McKay doing a political, politically driven comedy drama, dramedy. Right. Cool. But he's playing but, George Debb. But Debbia.
1: Sam, Sam,
0: Sam Rockwell's in this movie. As I mean, George I love Sam Rockwell mm. and he's doing,
1: Oh God. He's in like, probably like your favorite movie of all time, right?
0: I don't, you be talking about the way way back? Oh yeah, it's one of them. It might not be my favorite of all time, but it's one of them, and he's the the main reason why I love it so much. Hmm. Um, yeah, Sam Rockwell and the way way back. I also haven't. There's like a bunch of Sam Rockwell movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen Moon. I still haven't seen Three Billboards from last year. Mm. Like, there's Sam Rockwell stuff that I I still need to see that will make me love him even more.
1: Moon is good. I wouldn't say that it's like solely for the Sam Rockwell performance though. It's 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 good Duncan as Jones, as baby. a like. Yeah. It's cinematic as fuck. Like I I really like moon just like Mm -hmm. as a movie, three billboards. is almost like sort of the inverse of that. Like I feel like it is driven by their performances and the, the, the writing is good too, but it's like the, like if you, if you told me like, like, Oh, we're going to make this movie about three billboards. I'd, be very disinterested. Outside Ebbing, Missouri, yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, if you told me like, oh, we're going to make this movie about a like a one dude on the moon, I'd be like, oh, cool, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And Sam Sam Rockwell's in it. Oh, I want to watch But yeah,
0: Vice, so that was my first thing about Vice Mm -hmm. is just Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. The other thing, I'm so fascinated in Christian Bale and the way that he physically changes for roles. Right. The way he gains and loses weight is so interesting to me.
1: How much do you know about Machinist. The
0: machine is the one he got insanely you, skinny. I've seen never it? seen it, but I've seen pictures of him in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like unhealthily scary looking. Those that don't have know anything, unhealthy.
1: those that don't know anything about the machinist and what Christian Bale went through in order to prepare for that role. So, the machinist is all about this dude that hasn't slept for two years. <sighs> that's, that, that's what the machinist is about. And in order to prepare for this role, Christian Bale, who is six foot, six foot one, he's pretty,
0: he's an actor. He might trick you. He's probably five ten.
1: 10. No, he, he's, no, he's fairly big. I out. You keep talking. Uh, but he's like 205 pounds, normal, normal weight. is like 205 pounds. Uh, but he lost like, I want to say like 75 pounds for this role. Jiminy Christmas it was insane. And he, he looks Fucking malnutrition. Yeah, like, he like looks. He, it's scary. Yeah, uh, but he he basically went anorexic for the role. He was barely eating anything and constantly working out. And they had to have EMTs on set, um, just in case he passed out or like he he needed an IV or something like that. Wow. Um, but aside, so in a weird way, okay. I have your exact numbers for you. Go ahead.
0: Uh, in equilibrium in 2002, he weighed 185 pounds. Mm -hmm. He is six feet tall. Mm -hmm. And in 2004 for the machinist, he weighed 121 pounds. He lost 64 pounds. Ooh. Ooh. And then obviously played Batman and got
1: huge. That's a small human dog. Yeah. Not a small human dog, but like a small dog. (laughs) Um, but in, and he also gained weight for Batman. Oh too, certainly. Right? Like, he certainly took steroids and got huge. Yeah. yeah. He yeah, he And was, he's
0: gone back and forth between these now multiple times. Yeah. He
1: I would say he's like the as far as when it comes to quintessential method actors, he's probably like number 2. Like as far as like people <sighs> well, he's who just not method- sink in, into is he
0: method in the way Daniel Day-Lewis is where he like when Daniel Day-Lewis How, is on how, a movie, how would you say
1: that it's it's different method?
0: Well, ways? I'm I'm asking. Do you know anything when Daniel Day-Lewis is on a movie set, he literally becomes that, like when he was filming Lincoln, mm-hmm. he did the whole movie on Lincoln and he never broke character. When he mm-hmm. met Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the rap party, Joseph walked up to him and said, hey, Daniel, it's great to see you. And he said, I haven't met you. Mm-hmm. I'm Daniel. Because Abraham Lincoln met Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but not Daniel Day-Lewis. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. That's so far and above.
1: So I don't know what, I'm not super well informed about the method that Christian bill
0: goes through. No, 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 not just what Christian, but
1: just method. acting. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Right.
1: Um, for, but I'll try to include people uh, that might not be, um, well, they've never heard of it. Yeah. So method acting is basically, uh, something that was, I would say wildly, uh, widely introduced by Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the, the main focus is how is the approach to your character and your immersion in the character itself. And um, method acting is becoming the character.
0: Heath Ledger as the joker is whereas a great like example so
1: of this. like before mom and Brando you would have <clears throat> all of these studio actors that were kind of they would be hired on the characters that they have already played. They're typecast. Yeah. They as they're, we refer to it now. Um But uh they're also they're, yeah, they're not sinking into a character as much as like the character just is was written for them yeah. for uh, so like a uh, Humphrey Bogart is a good example. Um, like he is just someone who's just all right and, and like very, <laughs> uh, but he, the method the crazy method actors are the ones that you see that are like just changing. Their appearance, their voice, and everything about them—like basically their identities—in order to play these roles. Yep. Um, and it's probably the most popular way, uh, the, the most popular type of acting that you'll see today, um, is is method acting. That it's kind of you're hard pressed to find people that aren't method actors today. The only I think there's just different levels of it. I, obviously, there's, there's different like a the lo, there's
0: like low level method acting, and then there's Daniel Day Lewis. I agree.
1: I, yeah, I, I agree with that. But like, <clears throat> name someone right also, now. Name the name the biggest uh, actor right now that is not method. I have no idea. Tom Cruise. That's, oh, that's the, that. That is the biggest. He's like yeah, quintessential. He's always the same. Um, that's true. Like, and maybe Keanu Reeves. I would say Keanu, Reeves, Keanu is another, Reeves is another. Dope. Though. Because he's someone They're that's like dope. just kind of like when he plays. John Wick, when he plays Neo, he's sort of playing the same person. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, One just really loves dogs. A d- dog. Dog. No, he got another dog. Oh, spoiler. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, also, though, I would like to note that just because someone method acts doesn't mean they're good. Yeah, I agree. A lot of times, somebody would be like,
1: he's a because- method
0: actor. He's amazing. Jared Leto method acted his, his ass off for the Joker, and it's not good. He was sending his castmates. Mm-hmm. Like, t- gross stuff in the mail and doing all this weird stuff. It's not that doesn't mean you're going to be good.
1: True, I I, I agree uh, for the most part that like just because you're doing the method, like Tom Cruise is a fucking dope actor. No, I th- Tom feel Cruise like people awesome. sleep on him because he is not a uh, method actor. Mm-hmm. But Tom Cruise fucking nails it And a majority of the roles. Yeah, Tom that Cruise he is, awesome. is in. Like I, I enjoy Tom Cruise whenever I see him in a yeah, movie. For sure. Um. Uh yeah and I- exactly like but that's also a weird area that you're getting into as far as Jared Leto and method acting and stuff. So like, that's that's he where I'm
0: confused here. Mm-hmm. I I've always thought method acting was just this grandiose thing. I might be you're, straight up wrong. You so. might be wrong, but mm-hmm. you're presenting it that method acting is anyone who changes from from movie to movie. Basically, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was well, that it, might be the general. So, but I don't. I know. mean,
1: method acting isn't. Uh, as superficial as that, like, like, as, oh, like I'm dressing up as someone different, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously like the aesthetic that Keanu Reeves displayed in the matrix was way different yeah. than, um, John wick than John wick. Right. Like they just, they look very different, but how they, it's, it's about how they approach your roles. Like method acting is more about a philosophy okay. than it is in and, and, and a process than, um, than, than outward appearance, than oh, okay. like anything superficial. Interesting. Um, but in that
0: sense Christian Bale is certainly a method actor. Yes, you, mm-hmm. as we were came from. Mm-hmm. But not only does he do the get really skinny and then get jacked for Batman and then go back to normal. He also gets just chubby.
1: Oh yeah, what, American what, Hustle,
0: American Hustle and now this movie. Oh yeah. He put on a bunch of weight and got fat. So he just it, it's just it's very interesting to me the way that he fluctuates his body around to play these mm-hmm. roles. When like when that was when it was announced that Christian Bale was playing Dick Cheney, I was like, "Huh?" It's huh?
1: weird, right? Like, it, like, why would he... Like,
0: Dick Cheney was old when he was the vice president. Right. But I think he's playing him throughout different parts of his life in this movie, I'm right. pretty sure.
1: Right.
0: But just from the trailer, yeah, like you said, I'm excited for this movie. Adam McKay makes it really interesting. And the Sam Rockwell, the the bit... He's, he's doing a comedy bit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He's doing a comedy bit playing George W. Bush. It's funny as hell. But
1: Adam McKay is someone who... Is really good at um, sort of navigating differences in um, tonality. Like, the, the Big Short is 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 a movie that was that could tackle these really complex ideas, as well as making it funny, mm-hmm. having all of these different kinds of characters, but also making it emotional as yeah, well. Certainly. Like, there are parts in that movie when, like, when when uh those guys that are celebrating because there's like this the the housing market crash yeah and they basically bet against yep. that and like they start dancing and stuff and Brad Pitt's like no yeah. like or Brad Dude, Pitt's Brad, character. Brad Pitt's super good in that movie. Yeah but Brad Pitt's character in that movie is like no like th- think about this. Every like one percent that the housing market drops, like, uh, like one thousand people lose their lives yeah. because of suicide. Like don't f- no fucking dancing. Yeah. Um and that's fucking heavy. He's he's he can he can navigate those those tones really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do. Yeah, and it, it just it seems like he, that's b- something that you could re- do really short, well with this.
0: Is he? Uh, what did he make before that? He uh, he did more all, comedy stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. more on the comedy side. Mm-hmm. This is something he's getting into more and more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very interesting. These sort of they're they're politically driven movies yeah. for sure. I'm very interested in it. I also don't know a ton about Dick Cheney. Like we were talking about biopics. I don't so, know I'm a surprised lot that we've talked
1: about Vice for this long and you, you have yet to bring up this person.
0: What person? <laughs> Sam Rockwell.
1: Nope. Obviously. Obvi- <laughs> you brought up <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Oh, I did?
0: I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Carell? Is he in it too? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's in the trailer. Yeah. He's great in the big short. Mm-hmm. Steve Carell is working. Mm-hmm. My man is... Working. He quit the office to do dramatic roles, and that dude is working. He's so good. You love you seen Foxcatcher? Yeah, dude. He's awesome in Foxcatcher. He's creepy as hell. Creepy deepy. He's in the way, way back, dude.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That might be
0: the furthest from Michael Scott he's ever gone. Not Foxcatcher. He's He's such an asshole in that movie. He's such a dick. That movie, that movie draws you in so quick because in the very beginning of the movie, he asked the kid, rate yourself on a scale of one to ten forces the kid to rate himself on a scale of 1 to 10. The kid says, "I don't know, 6." A normal thing you might expect an insecure kid to answer. Right. He says, "I think you're a 3." 3? How can you do that? <laughs> oh, the
1: fucking worst. Like and he's trying it, it it's like he's the interesting part about it is that he's not trying to be a dick. He's actually trying no. to help the kid out in a, but, it, but he's just a horrible person. Cause he is a horrible person. Like he's just revealing how, how horrible is.
0: You know, Jim, Jim Rash, who was right, one of the writers and directors on mm-hmm. that. Uh, Nat Faxon is their writing partners. Jim Rash, who you may know from community as Dean Pelton mm-hmm. or from sky Coming high in
1: for a landing <laughs>
0: or from sky high as the creepy <laughs> sidekick thing. <gang. laughs> Shout out to that movie. Um, he said that that conversation was based on a conversation he had in real life when he was a kid. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. That's awful. Jim Rash, I think you're more than a three. Yeah, dog. You you a solid four. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have any other movie stuff, but I do have a TV thing I want to talk about. Go ahead, dude. Star Wars Baby.
1: There's a Star Wars Baby movie yep. coming out? Or Star TV Wars show? Babies. No. John is Favre's, it like Baby Geniuses? The first
0: lightsabers? First of all, let's have that made somehow. Second of all, no. <laughs> Baby Geniuses 3, Star Wars Babies. John Favreau's Star Wars TV show, which is going to be released on Disney Play, Disney streaming service that's coming out, has finally been revealed as to what it is. It's going to be called The Mandalorian. Mm. Do you know what a Mandalorian is?
1: It's uh, a... Uh... Give, give me a second here. Yeah, Give me the Jeopardy theme song while, while I come up. Um,
0: Boba Fett. Yeah, you got there. Got right? it. Boba Fett and his daddy Django are from Mandalore. Mandalore is a planet in Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. It's a great <laughs> character in Star Wars Rebels named Satine, who's a Mandalorian, and she's hella dope. Mm-hmm. Anyway, The Mandalorian is the name of the show. There's not many more details than that other than a picture they put out of the costume, which looks amazing. But the rumor. Is that Pedro Pascal is playing the lead, and uh, I don't remember. Oh, we were we talked about this in our spoiler episode last week. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how hot Noah should be a character in the Star Wars universe, right? And how when you said it, it struck me as to how obvious that was. Right. Pedro Pascal in the Star Wars movie. Did the same thing to me. I was like, "Oh yes, yeah, he belongs there. Yeah, he, he belongs in it. Star and Wars." The, uh, for those that don't thing. know
1: who Pedro Pascal is, he was uh, the the Viper in Game, Game of Thrones. Uh, he was also
0: in Kingsman Two, the Whip.
1: Oh yeah, he's, he's he plays like the cowboy yep. guy in Kingsman Two, yep. and he's also in uh, Narcos. Yes, um, which a lot of people fucking love, love that show. Love I haven't Narcos. seen a single me second, but people love it. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that's when I heard Pedro Pascal was rumored to be the lead. I
1: thought it was perfect. I was enamored with his character in Game of Thrones. Oh, he's incredible. I Loved his performance. He's incredible I, in Game like, of Thrones. Like it was, it, it was so strange. Like because he was, uh, he was so bad. He was, hyper, and, he was like, hypersexual. Uh, very sexual. Hypersexual. Uh, uh, like he and he, he was bisexual in that, right? Like yeah, that dude liked to party. Uh,
0: that dude. What's the term for even when you go beyond? Is it pansexual? when you'll have sex not only with a man or a woman but you'll have sex Maybe. with like trans transsexual I think it's I think he's probably he'll just fuck anything um
1: yeah but in but he was such a fucking badass and like his delivery of his lines like uh, there's a part in Game of Thrones that just sticks in my mind where he's uh this dude tries to pull out a long sword but he like quick pulls out mm. a knife and he's like uh, knives are better for close quarters. And I was I'm, like, it just gets <laughs> me every time I think about that line. Yeah. Everyone,
0: um, everyone like remembers the, the head explosion and everything, but in that fight scene, which was mm-hmm. awesome, but just his whole run in that show is just off the charts acting. Like yeah. he's so good, man. So when I heard he was going to be potential lead, it's, it's in cool. Star Wars show called the Mandalorian. He going to fly around in that armor. What's he up to? It's, it's cool because uh, this, what this presents itself as, it's, it takes place after episode six, before episode seven. So well before like we ever know who Rey and Finn are and all that, and after the Empire's fallen. And apparently he's going to be running around on the fringes of the universe. It makes me think of Firefly, but a Star Wars spin on Firefly. And I love Firefly. Western in space. Is kind of the vibe people are expecting from this right now. I'm about to
1: get a lot of hate. Never seen a Firefly. Tried to watch Firefly, didn't
0: really. You're weak, man. You're weak. I, I
1: I think I might have gotten like five minutes into it, and how can
0: you not give something more of a chance than that?
1: It just it seemed like I'm 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 most likely so fucking wrong about Firefly. You are, but <laughs> when I watched it, like I felt like I was like, is this like a sci-fi original? Like it, it just it's seems old, so dude. Cheesy. It's old. It, but. <laughs> I didn't watch it when it came out, so I don't have, like... I didn't either. I didn't watch it until two years it, ago. Trying to watch it now is so hard for me. I don't Damn.
0: know. No, you should give it a better chance than five minutes. I'll,
1: I'll try. I'll try. And maybe I just the wasn't. The thing is,
0: it's, it's short. It's like 10 episodes, so mm-hmm. it's not a lot to watch. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, I love that show. Yeah, maybe I just wasn't in the right uh, mindset, like, yeah. mind frame. But the, the the Star Wars thing, there was another thing
0: about Star Wars that came out. So everyone knows that... Maybe not everyone, but... On the internet, Star Wars is, at this point, a controversial subject for people. It's like people, we were talking about going into things, liking them and disliking them before you've even seen them and stuff like that. Star Wars might be the quintessential thing in the world that people wrap their identity around, Mm -hmm. defining themselves by Star Wars. Mm -hmm. First of all, you shouldn't wrap your identity around a piece of fictional work that's just kind of... You can, love and, you can love and hate things, that's fine, but you shouldn't be identified by being someone who loves Star Wars.
1: I, I, don't, I don't second that. that You don't think mm-hmm. so? I, I think people should live their lives however it's, they like to. It you, might not be it healthy. It's be not healthy, healthy. dude. It, it might not be healthy, but I do <laughs> a lot of unhealthy things. <laughs> it's not healthy to... I encourage chaos, Oh, God. Dude. I encourage chaos. All right,
0: fine, whatever. I just want people to... You want to be, be a Jedi?
1: Be a Jedi, fuck it.
0: Being a Jedi would be pretty cool. But uh, anyway, the a, a scientific study came out about Star Wars and the online hate and trolling. Someone dove in and took a chunk of tweets directed at Ryan Johnson, who directed the last Star Wars movie, um, The Last Jedi. And over a certain period of time, it was something like 900-something tweets. And he broke them down into separate categories of whether they were supportive, if they were talking trash about whatever. There's a couple different things. He basically broke them down into these different categories and tried to figure out who these people were and what their deal was. So he went into all their, all their Twitter histories and he did like a deep dive. And this is a scientific study. This is like, it's like with a thesis statement and the scientific process and people all way smarter than us. Way part. Yeah. Now it has not been peer reviewed yet. It's only been published. It has not yet been peer reviewed. So if it's peer reviewed, the numbers could change and stuff. But, as of this guy's findings, I have it written down here. It's called Weaponizing the Haters, The Last Jedi and the Strategic Politization of Pop Culture Through Social Media Manipulation. That's the name. Now you know it truly is a scientific paper because it has a long-ass title <laughs> like that. You think Fantastic Beast is bad? Try to <laughs> watch this movie. <laughs> but his final finding Political is, tweets and word to find <laughs> His final finding is that 50.9% of those tweeting negatively about Star Wars... Was likely politically motivated or not even human. That blew my mind. That number. 50% of the tweets that you see that are
1: negative Mm.
0: about Star Wars.
1: So there's some robots out there.
0: There's a lot of bots, which there was Mm -hmm. recently a huge Twitter purge of bots. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also, he goes into it, it, being Russian Hackers, like, trying to use Star Wars. Putin doesn't
1: like Star Wars?
0: He probably loves Star Wars, but he knows that he can get Americans to hate America by making it seem like they hate Star Wars. Right? It's nuts.
1: That's some 4D chess right there. 4D
0: chess. Yeah, this uh, this is a weird subject. Fanboy culture is dangerous, dude. I'm a fanboy of a lot of things, but fanboy culture Mm -hmm. is dangerous. But
1: but like we sort of, I feel like we've talked about this before, as far as like the more of a fan you uh, become of a certain thing. It's almost like, especially when there's new things that are coming Mm -hmm. out of that product uh, that you are quicker to absolutely hate that thing. You become more like me with detective Pikachu. Are you, so you're not excited for that? No, not at all. Nope, not. I'm angry movies. about it.
0: Why? Because it's not an adventure movie about a trainer with a team of Pokemon trying is to it get like gym a badges. Is it like a war? I don't know. It's it's a comedy. If anything, Ryan Reynolds is voicing Pikachu, uh-huh. and the dude from Get Out in Jurassic World is like a trainer trying to solve. Is, a Is mystery? Pikachu going to be like talking? Yes, he talks in the game. Pikachu speaks in that game.
1: Oh, oh, so it's based on a game.
0: Yes, it's like an not app. No. It's like a mobile game. Okay, they made a
1: movie based off a mobile game. Well, there's precedent for that to be really good.
0: Oh yeah, Angry Birds is awesome. Get out of here.
1: Did you see it? Nope. Dude, it could be like fucking Citizen Shut Kane. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the
0: trailer. That's all I needed.
1: Um, no, but back to this Last Jedi thing. I just obviously I'm not a bot, as far as I'm aware of. Uh, Are you a replicant? I, like I was. Kind of meh about Last Jedi. I also had I very. I love the Last Jedi. I had. Really I like the Last Jedi hopes. more than Force Awakens. I like Force Awakens.
0: You really love Force Awakens. I remember. Yeah. Um, I'm so enamored with Kylo Ren though. I think he's the best character in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people don't like Kylo Ren.
0: Oh yeah, people hate him. Mm-hmm. People also hate Rey because she's a girl. All right.
1: I don't think it's just that. that. I think that in the first, first bogus movie- bogus writing in no, For, Force no. Awakens that- um,
0: No, I think that the Mary Sue thing has, has grounds, certainly, yeah. in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I think it has grounds. I'm not. It's not entirely true. There's a lot of the stuff you can pick out reasons why it's happening, but certain things make no sense.
1: The, 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 there's a lot of- The Jedi
0: uh, mind trick makes no sense. How exactly. she knows that is even a thing
1: the yeah the fact that ray is able to jedi mind trick uh james bond yeah daniel craig (laughs) Craig. um, even though you don't know it's daniel craig yeah uh (laughs) the the fact that she's able to do that without having any training whatsoever is is, it's kind of bogus Uh, and force awakens is my favorite uh star wars thing that's come out of the new new star wars of the new disney star wars movies it is my favorite just because there's just a lot of... I think of... The Last
0: Jedi is my favorite. Hmm? I think The Last Jedi is my favorite.
1: And I can understand that. Now, I don't but at I... the
0: same time... So here's another thing. Uh-huh. There's so there's so much controversy around this movie. There's this whole thing with... Uh, what is I, I can't think of her name. The actress who plays Rose in The Last Jedi had to delete her social media accounts because of all the hate that she got. That's so sad. And now we know... Half of it was probably robots. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. It's just there's there mm. all this la- lashing out that people do. It listen, the original Star Wars trilogy still exists and nothing about it has changed. If that's what you love, go watch it. Mm-hmm. If the new Star Wars stuff doesn't vibe with what you want to see, you don't have to go see it. It doesn't have to change,
1: it shouldn't change your ideas. Of the original Star Wars movies, so uh, I've been playing devil's advocate a lot for this uh, for this episode, but I'm, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's not like all of these all the negative reviews and stuff like that are only coming from bots. And no, obviously, it's only it's half. So the other half, half are real people, right? Other half are real people, and I, I, as someone that was a huge fan of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. and going oh, to see the dark, the dark
0: Knight Rises. I
1: do believe Ooh. that... um, I do believe that sequels can ruin the movies before them.
0: You, When you go back and watch The Dark Knight, you view it differently because of The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. So I, interesting to me.
1: Yeah, so... I believe that the premise of The Dark Knight was ultimately undermined... And belittled by the sequel film Dark Knight Rises?
0: Details? Okay, so. <laughs> <sighs> uh oh, break it down.
1: All right. So Christopher Nolan has a really common thesis in a lot of his films, right? Uh, It's this theme of justified dishonesty, right? It's people that it's, it's the white lie is the the lie that is supposed to represent a bigger truth. A a lie that is supposed to, um, represent positivity and, uh, in order to restore hope or whatever. Um, but it's lying with good intentions. Mm -hmm. So, um movies that have included that sort of theme. uh Inception, Insomnia, Memento, um The Dark Knight. Uh those are four of probably his biggest movies. Interstellar? Interstellar. I'm not going to include that right okay. now. I would have to th- I would have to think about it more. Spandering. But at least those four movies, and those are four of like the most Christopher Nolan movies. Like, uh, Prestige, Prestige is another sure. one, Prestige is, so sure. So that's five. Uh, but he has had that theme going throughout his movies. Um, and in Dark Knight, the final scene sorry if I'm spoiling Dark Knight, right? It's now. been long enough, right? <laughs> um, but the final scene, you have Batman. Who is literally taking the fall for Harvey Dent's Mm -hmm. actions? Right, he is someone who is like saying that that Gotham needs better than the truth. We need to restore hope within Gotham. And it's also uh, there's this montage uh, that's showing uh, Lucius Fox like destroying this uh, uh, equipment that's uh, spying on the city could literally spy on everyone (laughs) in the city using cell phone signals, Um, and. Uh, you also have Alfred who's burning the letter that was meant for Bruce Wayne uh, that was left behind by Rachel mm-hmm. um, and her uh, sort of admitting her like her love for Batman or is, is, is the opposite. She's saying like I could never be with you yeah, as long right? as you're Batman as long as you're Batman yeah um, and he burns it so, and he keeps that from Bruce Wayne yeah. um, in order to restore Bruce Wayne's hope because Rachel died spoiler alert (laughs) Rachel dies and Bruce he doesn't want to taint Bruce's memory of Rachel um now in Dark Knight Rises what they do is you have Joseph Gordon Levitt's character who's like he's sort of this young uh, like he's a cop he's a young cop um and you have him juxtaposed with uh Commissioner Gordon mm-hmm. and Commissioner Gordon has been uh, living with this lie uh, because he had to stand there and say that Harvey Dent was yeah. uh, this ray of hope for Gotham and that he died a hero, and that which Batman he knows him. is yeah. fake, which he knows is a lie, and it eats away at him for uh, for years. It's like ten years later until yeah, Um, which I was I was sort of okay with. That was fine, but the. The main message, like the the main... I would be okay with him struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Him struggling with the lie because he is such a decent person. And he might have different, um, different ideals than Batman. Yeah. And he might not agree with that white lie, that mm-hmm. theme of justified dishonesty. But it's not... Commissioner Gordon's perspective that undermines that philosophy. It's the thesis of the third film. Commissioner Gordon is sort of accosted by Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. Yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt is like, how could you do this? How could. And they display Joseph Gordon Levitt's idea as proper, as right, as the proper idea. Yeah. And he shames Jim Gordon. Yeah, he shames him. And while
0: Jim Gordon is symbolic, he's in like a place of weakness. He's in the hospital bed,
1: and it's not. And it's not. Um, there, there, there isn't a duality of ideas there. It is the reigning principle that like goes throughout that movie. Like it when I and when I go back and watch The Dark Knight, and. I see all of these things happening that like Batman sacrificing his public image for the better of Gotham and, you know, basically lying to all of Gotham in mm-hmm. order to restore their faith. I just think, well, doesn't that end up being the wrong thing to do? Because They're doing the wrong thing because the, 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 the new era of Gotham ends up being Joseph Gordon Levitt's character like he is he is voicing the truth of that movie.
0: So, things go great in Gotham for 10 years. Right. So, up to that point, he'd made the right decision.
1: But it is then, ultimately undermined then, by Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character.
0: Why? because what I'm getting at is so Bane shows up. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening and to
1: Gotham. Bane is the the another person that like is showing that like oh your people are lying to you. So mm-hmm. like that that 10 years of uh of of goodness of like nothing going wrong was just like 10 years of borrowed time. You know, like it's like I don't know. It's like it's it's like cheating on your girlfriend and saying that you never cheated on her and then, you know, you're together for 10 years and then she ends up finding out about it. You know, it doesn't mean that like what you that, that you lying to her was the, the good thing. That, oh, like we got 10 years out of it. So maybe I what I did was the right lived thing. People who live there
0: would probably disagree with you because it's a different idea. But inserting ourselves in the story, I mean, a Gothamite would disagree. Those 10 years are probably really important. That's 10 years of your life.
1: True. It's 10 years of your life. But the. Okay. So. I mean, you're speaking symbolically. I'm, about I'm the talking. Of the story. I'm talking about. Christopher Nolan's approach yeah. to that story was the literal 180. Of All because what Joseph he Gordon did. Levitt
0: gets mad at Jim Gordon.
1: Not not only Joseph Gordon Levitt, but how he presents what Bane is doing, right? The main conflict of what happens in Gotham is Bane presenting this information, presenting that Commissioner Gordon's a liar yeah. and saying like th- th- you know, these people that we're looking yeah. up to, like you shouldn't. Um That being said, Dark Knight Rises, I've watched it. Yeah, you, since the first time that I watched it, you hated
0: it when you first saw it. You also were sick and had to see it in a different movie theater than the rest of us because your your ticket got messed up. It was like a weird night. True, it, you, it, you it were was not a bit like strange. we were talking about with it was firefly. A you weren't exactly under the best circumstances. True,
1: um, but I and I have seen it and come around a little bit. I do. It's an interesting movie for yeah, sure, true. and I like it's not a bad movie. No, definitely not. There is like some. It's less grounded than the Dark Knight yeah, was? Yeah, it's, it's a little more bananas. The The plot is like
0: way, way, it's raised way up. It's like Bane is doing so much. You're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. He. It's a military state. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But um, you don't think that maybe the point of doing all that is to show that there's a limit to the justifiable honesty?
1: That there's a line that can be crossed? Okay, so you think that Christopher Nolan is exposing that there is a limit to the justifiable dishonesty?
0: Perhaps. Right. I'm presenting the idea. And,
1: and that he is not saying that it is the antithesis that is correct.
0: That there is a limit to injustifiable ones?
1: No, no, no. no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in my for me, watching Dark Knight Rises, I think that it is Christopher Nolan saying, like, what Batman and Commissioner Gordon did is wrong. In the second movie, was wrong.
0: Yes. Because of the way Joseph Gordon reacts and, the, and, and what happens with Bane.
1: The, one of the reasons why I love the dark, dark is one of my favorite movies. All, all it's both
0: that yeah, both of a dark Knight would probably be and top all, five for both it, of those and movies for of a majority time. of
1: people. It would yeah. be one of the greatest movies of all time. The
0: joke Heath Ledger's performance as a Joker might be my favorite performance th- ever. That
1: and uh, like a lot of people are like, Oh, if you take away Heath Ledger's performance, then no, I would say that uh, that Batman begins is still better. It's like uh, Batman begins. begins is, is still, also awesome. It's <laughs> also awesome. But I still think that, Dark Knight is still very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, also,
0: what point are you trying to make by saying if you take out an integral character to a story, that the story gets worse?
1: No shit. <laughs> well, like, uh, <laughs> I think I think what they mean to say is that like, if you take if you like say if you took out Heath Ledger and you put in Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, and that performs you it, it too. you probably still I do. You <laughs> kill it too, dog. That's my point. Yo,
0: because we're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal is my dream Batman. Just throwing that out there.
1: I'm glad you said Batman.
0: Yeah, he's my dream Batman.
1: If you took out Bat in that sentence, it'd be kind of weird.
0: He's also my dream man.
1: <laughs> he's my dream man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 would be, um, I'd be interested in in different philosophies as far as like the, 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 the approach to um, Dark Knight Rises. I, I don't think that
0: Christopher Nolan would go out of his way to say five of the themes of my movies have been wrong. Is the only reason I bring this up. I don't think he would purposefully.
1: That's why it seems so confusing. Go to me. again. I,
0: I, I, That's I mean, why when I
1: watched Dark Knight Rises, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" You don't.
0: You don't think that you might be like overreacting to something presented in the story and taking it that way because this is a, a throughline of a lot of his movies. But maybe there's just an entirely different motive and theme he's trying to get across in the Dark Knight Rises, and you're taking it on the scale of what was in Dark Knight, mm-hmm. which isn't unreasonable because it's a trilogy, so and there should be through. I themes. would and
1: like. I would be very interested to see, like, Christopher Nolan, like, adapting different messages, uh, like, over other films, right? But it's a little bit weird when you do it within a trilogy.
0: There should be through lines in a trilogy.
1: There should be, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and I'm okay with you um, evaluating that message within your own trilogy as well, but I don't feel like he's evaluating as much as undermining it.
0: Let me throw you another hypothetical devil's advocate thing. What if The Dark Knight presents... Bruce's ideals as the justifiable honesty. Okay, And what if the dark Knight rises is Jim Gordon's that it's wrong. Right. That could be one character could think it's wrong and right. one character could think it's right. Okay. What if that's, what's being presented?
1: I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting take, but it's also a little bit strange because you have uh, multiple characters believing that same uh, ideology in the second one. You have, uh, you have Lucius Fox, Alfred, Batman, thing. Lucius. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh, it's it's an interesting concept.
1: And, but for sure, there are things that I like with Dark Knight Rises. I just wanted to bring that up as yeah. far as
0: yeah, wrapping it all back around to Star uh, Wars sequels,
1: and, I- influencing your your well, previous now, ideas of movies. Can Can
0: I go back to what I said and how you shouldn't let the new Star Wars movies ruin the old Star Wars movies? Sorry. That, for you, is very well thought out, researched. You're looking into the themes of the films. At least I would hope so.
1: I might be a dumbass.
0: Yeah, maybe you are. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think most people aren't doing that when they say, the the new Star Wars movies ruin the old Star Wars movies for me. I don't think most people are doing what you're doing. I think that a lot of it is... Uh, what's the term people... Neckbeards? Is that the term? Neckbeards. Right. Uh, b- seeing... Seeing women, seeing minorities in these positions, uh, espousing progressive ideas, which is crazy that they get mad about. Because guess what, Star Wars was doing in the '70s or '80s or whenever it came out, it was progressive shit. Like sci-fi has always been that.
1: Well, yeah, sci-fi, like at least like the best sci-fi has always been, um, like. Subtly dealing with uh, issues, yeah, like, like societal issues. It,
0: absolutely. Even Rick and Morty does it. Yeah, I just guessed that.
1: You just guessed because right. you've never seen Rick and Morty.
0: I've seen two episodes, the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. But I know who I know Dan Harmon. Yeah, and I know it's a sci-fi show. I can only assume Dan Harmon is mm-hmm. digging into societal issues in a mm-hmm. sci-fi show. Star Trek is probably the most well-known for it. But Star Trek was episodic, and they covered a lot more
1: stuff. than Star You Wars. said Star Trek. Star Trek. <gasps> New movie <laughs> idea. <laughs> Shrek has, a- has Shrek.
0: <laughs> Shrek in space. Yeah. Now we're talking.
1: Does Donkey come along with him? Obviously. Can you make a like an astronaut suit for a donkey? Of
0: course. It's it's animated.
1: Huh. The, dude, fucking join me in trying to come up with a <laughs> wait. Oh, l- you the logistical- arbitrary
0: idea that you can make. A suit shaped like a human? You can't make it shaped like a donkey? Of course you could. I
2: don't know. The I helmet like would, would be
0: shaped be... bigger. I would obviously have four legs. I mean, it's just a suit. It's just got to be in the shape of a donkey.
1: Come on, man. I feel like it's more more complicated.
0: Nah. Nah. The real question is, can Puss in Boots fight with his sword in a space suit?
1: It'd be a lot tougher. Those
0: big gloves. Be really bogged down. Mm-hmm. Be hard to do. Just a thought. Listen, I'm tired of movies. <laughs> so I'm tired so of, bonded. of We've been talking about movies forever. Mm-hmm. You need to shut up. Your opinions don't matter to me. Okay. I want to talk about wow. Jimmy Butler. All right.
1: That's what I want to do. Okay. Jimmy G. Buckets. Are you trying to like channel Jimmy Butler's energy? I am on... channeling Jimmy Butler. Right <laughs> That's now. Why you're so we're so fucking angry. Jimmy G. Buckets. Do you know what the G stands for? Um, I think it stands for gets because gets, he gets, he gets buckets? buckets.
0: All right. Anyone confused by this? <laughs> There's a. We talked about Jimmy Butler rails. in the first episode. I think hmm? episode one. We talked about Jimmy Butler and the yeah. trade trade possibilities. And we are now in episode three. It's a few weeks later. Mm. Jimmy Butler has still not been traded. Rumors have been flying. Surprisingly
1: enough, I feel like I felt like it was going to be quick. Yeah, it
0: seemed like it. Jimmy wanted out. It seemed like they were going to make it happen. He's mm-hmm. Still not been traded. He showed up for practice to the Timberwolves facility. He showed up apparently an hour late. They were scrimmaging. He walked onto that scrimmage floor. He grabbed the third stringers, and he said, "We're going to run this," and then proceeded to beat their starters asses. Apparently, this is all what's been reported Mm -hmm. while yelling at players, at coaches, at management. He specifically looked at their GM while he was in the middle of beating the starters with the third stringers and said, you fucking need me. You can't win without me. He got cat. He was defending Carl Anthony Towns in the post and was saying he can't do anything with me. And what did Carl Anthony Towns do? He passed out of the post. He didn't pass out. No, he, he passed, passed out the ball out of, the post. Out of yeah. the post. He's he said you're right, Jimmy. I can't. This is wild. This is like the biggest soap opera of the year so far in the NBA.
1: Is Jimmy Butler seems so fucking intense. Like <laughs> like that dude is just such a fucking heart. He like I've dealt with a lot of wrestling mentalities in my life because mm-hmm. of You grew wrestling. up wrestling, yeah. yeah. Um, and he has a fucking wrestler's mentality that like fucking go, go, go. Me against the world. I'm, me against the world. I'm going to fucking will myself. And that's what he did with his career, really. Like, Oh, yeah. For those that don't know Jimmy Butler, like, what was he drafted? 30th. last pick of the first round, last pick of the third first round, which uh, for those that don't really know NBA or the draft really well, huh?
0: There's only two rounds.
1: There's only two rounds. And plus like, uh, once you get out of like the top 10, people aren't really expecting a lot out of those draft picks. It's a lot more. Like if you get somebody that late in the draft who ends up becoming as good as Jimmy Butler is, that is a fucking diamond in the rough. Yes. Aladdin callback. Um, (laughs) uh, but Jimmy Butler literally willed himself into that stardom like he is a fucking hard-ass worker and that's someone who has incredible confidence in Mm -hmm. himself and you can tell that that dude grinds
0: yeah now let's think about some of this he has to be apparently so this is interesting too this came out he did this this interview with rachel nichols on espn Mm -hmm. He told her that. Should, all right.
1: So, should we, should we include some of the people that don't know about basketball and this is the situation that he's in? Wanted to be traded. Okay. So, Jimmy Butler, uh, like is we just father. said, very, in, <laughs> very intense person. <laughs> uh, f- fucking all star, uh, incredible two way, uh, two way player, great defender, player, yeah, great defender, um, and very intense. Mm-hmm. But uh, he originally played with the Chicago Bills yep. and got traded uh, from the when, Chicago Bills. To- when the Bulls started tanking, mm-hmm.
0: they traded him away because he's the antithesis to tanking. Right. He's someone who will never ever except losing.
1: And he got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Where which coach when was. he did go to the Minnesota Timberwolves, everybody was like, holy shit, it's watch time. out. It's Because time. the Minnesota Timberwolves are so loaded with young, talented players. They have
0: two number one picks on their team, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns.
1: Right. And Carl Anthony Towns, who in uh, last year's GM survey, mm-hmm. all of the GMs, the, the majority of GMs, said that Carl Anthony Towns is the young player that they would most likely want on their team if they were starting a franchise.
0: I thought that was weird last year and now I stand by it, especially. Mm-hmm.
1: No Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It'd be kinda weird if you had well, it the other way but around.
0: I feel but, I feel validated now. Mm-hmm, I was yeah. like, that doesn't seem right to me, but okay.
1: De- definitely. Um, but the problem is that like the Timberwolves are probably the the most underperforming team of last year,
0: while Jimmy was healthy last season, they were yes. the third seed in the West. Yes, which is the best you can expect to be if you're not the Warriors or the Rockets, because they're mm-hmm. going to be one and two. Right. So they were the best you could reasonably expect out of them. Then Jimmy got hurt, and they went. I want to say ten and fourteen without him.
1: Which With is two
0: elite talents mm-hmm. on their team, two number one overall picks, and they're not rookies anymore. They're they're mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins has, is on his second contract.
1: Mm-hmm. But they underperformed last year. Certainly. And it has come out that uh that Jimmy Butler is just I'm
0: tired of him. Diamond, well, he was
1: <laughs> he's like diametrically opposed oh, to yeah. the attitudes of that team. Yeah. Because Jimmy Butler is so uh willing to be great and he has such a strong drive. Uh, work ethic. Yeah. Uh and his drive is there. And it seems like the rest of his team especially Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Would rather play two, Fortnite. Would rather eat candy and play Fortnite. <laughs> um, so
0: this all comes because apparently, he revealed this in that interview, at the end of last season, four days after the season was over, he told Tibbs he wanted to be traded. It didn't get leaked until two weeks ago. Right. So that's the whole off season that Tibbs didn't do anything about it. Because you know the one thing that Tibbs loves?
1: Tibbs is jo- uh, the uh, coach, Tom Thibodeau. Tom
0: Thibodeau is Jimmy Butler. The Timberwolves who also coached coach, who him also, at, yeah.
1: in Chicago. Yeah.
0: And is notorious for playing his starters too many minutes, being a super driven, competitive guy, very defensive. Him and Jimmy Butler mesh very well. Mm-hmm. Jimmy loves Tibbs, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like the Timberwolves. Right. So he demanded the trade. It finally leaked a couple weeks ago. Rumors flew around about a few teams. He put his list out of teams, and then the Heat became a big player, and the Rockets became big players. But nothing's come of it. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently the Heat had a final offer on the table. They had exchanged medicals. They had agreed to the deal. This, these are like when you exchange medicals, that basically means the deal's done. Right. You've agreed for Josh Richardson, Dion Waiters, and a first-round pick for Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. That was the deal. Right. When Tibbs called back. And Pat Riley, the, the Heat's president and GM, was like, all right, let's finalize this. Tibbs said, give me more picks. Pat Riley hung, called him a motherfucker and hung up on him. He said, you motherfucker, and he hung up on him. <laughs> because Pat Riley had already budged. He didn't want to give up Josh Richardson. And he finally got to a point where he agreed to give up Josh Richardson uh-huh. for Jimmy Butler. Dion Waiters, Dion Waiters was cap filler.
1: And Tibbs got greedy. Tibbs got greedy.
0: But Tibbs loves Jimmy Butler. He doesn't um, want to trade Jimmy Butler. Right. Jimmy Butler wants out. Mm-hmm. The thing that's weird about the ranting at the practice to me, he yells at the GM, you fucking need me. Mm-hmm. You can't win without me. I feel like everyone in that room was like, yeah, Jimmy, we know that's why we're not trading
1: you. Yeah. He's just, that was the number, one comment, on, that was the number one comment on Reddit uh, with that story. was like, uh, it was like a theoretical quote from Tibbs. That was like, yeah, we know we need you. That's why we're not trading.
0: Yeah. You. Yeah. I think this is fascinating. So the NBA is the most player-driven league in sports. Players have the most power in anything. One thing they don't have the power over is where they play until they reach free agency. Jimmy Butler is was extended by the Bulls. So he's under his Bulls contract. He accepted the tra- I think he had a no trade clause. I'm pretty sure. Or he accepted the trade to the Timberwolves because he thought they would be competitive. And they were competitive when he was playing. Mm-hmm but they don't have the mentality that he wants out of his teammates. I've seen some takes that have said that this is about money and that their offer to him is going to be a four-year deal and not a five-year deal that they could give him.
1: So he wants more money.
0: That's what some people are saying. It's about money. He makes less money than Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and that upsets him. That's when he says he doesn't feel valued by things like that. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how these two kids who don't give a shit are getting paid more money than me Mm -hmm. and are getting paid more money than what you're offering me. But you're already 30. It's a weird... It's a weird thing. You obviously, obviously, Jimmy Butler values himself very highly and thinks I'm going to still be a great player when I'm 35 years old. He obviously thinks that, mm-hmm. and obviously the organization thinks most players are no longer great when they turn 35. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous to give you, you know, 30 million dollars a year when you're 35 years old. It's dang- not everyone is LeBron James.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and especially and someone he has
0: injury history.
1: He has injury history, and especially someone who is just who plays balls to the wall like Jimmy does, and will get. Overworked by his coach. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's um, not being. He doesn't have people protecting him from himself. In terms of his intensity. Mm-hmm. All of that being said, here I am two weeks later, and I still don't know if I want him on my favorite team, the Miami Heat. I want him, but I don't want to lose. The 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 you the, the young core, and I don't want to lose the.
1: Because you really like Jairus. I
0: don't want to lose the camaraderie. Of the team,
1: right? Honestly, the I
0: saw that J. Rich Dion first round pick deal, and I was like, I I would have been sad to lose Jay Rich, mm-hmm. but, but it's I, a good price. But it would have been a really good deal mm-hmm. because he slides right into J. Rich's spot. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we the other deals that were like if we gave up Justice and Bam and like Hassan or or you know someone to fill cap or whatever. Or Gorin and Hassan and, you know, these different... It, it depletes the roster more. That one was, like, the least depleting you can do to the roster. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a really good trade.
1: And the I danger is
0: Jimmy Butler's 30 years old.
1: Jimmy Butler's 30 years old and also... I mean, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, like, the, the Heat... The Heat are vastly different than the Magic, obviously, mm-hmm. because they never tank. Nope. You know, the, the, Pat
0: Riley will never tank. Pat, never. Pat Riley will never Garrett tank. And they will are never always tank
1: competitive. Never. But... Uh, getting Jimmy Butler doesn't make them a contender in the East either. I it would makes say them,
0: I would say the favorite for the four seed.
1: I would say yeah, mm.
0: over the Pacers. What about the Bucks? Oh, uh, true. I think our supporting cast is way better than the Bucks' supporting cast. We're also way deeper than the Bucks. Are we, that's the one thing we have going for us. We're very deep.
1: I think uh, we should wait. Until the Bucks have really good coaching, yeah, we'll if, see how see how Bud affects if Budenholzer them. is as good as people say that he is, and. Uh he can get the talent out of those players that really should be there mm-hmm. because like the bucks are like the greatest 2k team ever. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. <laughs> they're uh, a team that on paper should be a lot better yeah. than, than they are. Yeah. Even though last year was kind of a, a weird place that they were in because they were going against the Celtics and nobody knew that the Celtics were that good, even without Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. and, and Kyrie but Ray. Celtics are also just that much
0: better coach. Danny is a wizard.
1: Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens, they are the, I would say that they are the most perfectly run franchise in the NBA.
0: Yeah. That are the Warriors.
1: Like the, so I know you don't like uh, Colin Coward. Colin Cowherd. He's a hot take artist. He's hot, but there's certain things that he said that are like pretty funny and kind of true. Okay. And he says that the Boston Celtics are like the 401k of the NBA.
0: Well, he's also a Boston
1: homer. But, but I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just, no, 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 no. but he kind of says it like against them as well. Right. So he says that like, uh, that he was comparing low risk, to, low reward. Exactly. Yeah. But he was comparing them to the Cavaliers. Right. So like the Cavaliers fucking lucked out. They're like lottery winners, mm-hmm. right? Like they lucked out and got the greatest player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They had LeBron James and the Celtics were this team that was, you know, checking all of the boxes, you know, uh, they got a perfect coach. Uh, they got, that they, they uh, stock up on draft picks, mm-hmm. they get these this young talent that uh, projects really well into the future, um, and that th- th- their their staff is incredible. Mm-hmm. But they still can't get past LeBron. You know, like the, the, he's like the, <sighs> they're the millionaire next door.
0: I have this such a weird so there's it's like a movement in sports fandom to grade on the curve of winning a championship. -hmm. And that's the only acceptable outcome. Mm -hmm. That seems like nonsense to me.
1: And and I agree. And I don't think that that's what this is. I'm just saying that despite everything that they do, they can't get past LeBron. They couldn't get past LeBron.
0: But LeBron is arguably the greatest player in the history of the sport. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. If you told me my team's going to come in second place for seven years or whatever, she's the best player ever, I'd be like, that's cool with me. We won a lot of games. That was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I'd be cool with that as a fan.
1: I fucking want that as a Magic fan. Yeah. Dude. Like, I'm I'm sick of us not making it into the playoffs exactly. for fucking seven like years the, Like,
0: the memes about the Raptors are funny and about how Kyle Lowry and DeMar are LeBron's kids. It's funny. Mm-hmm. But being a Raptors fan is better than it's ever been. Except maybe when Vince Carter was there. But it, they're better than The Raptors are kind of weird because it's just
1: so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's but, heartbreaking to fucking be swept by LeBron and to just, just be...
0: It, but guess what? It, I can understand the frustration. I'm not
1: even a fucking Raptors fan.
0: 90 games they played was great. Like, there's so much basketball. The idea of being like, if we play 110 games or whatever it is to get to the finals and we don't win the finals, then the whole season wasn't even worth watching mm-hmm. is so bananas to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even... Why even play the season? We know the Warriors are going to win. It's so stupid.
1: Well, especially because look what happened last year. The yeah. Warriors were... A fucking. They were a
0: Chris a, Paul injury away from maybe not being in the finals. A Chris
1: Paul, not, not even just a Chris Paul injury away. They were oh. a quarter away from uh, from losing to the Rockets.
0: And 27 mysteries in a row. <sighs> Ooh, Rockets, you got some issues to work out in the playoffs. But yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't even know how we got to this, but we were talking about Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler fits on the Heat so well, mm-hmm. and I would be excited to have him. I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited to see what happens. What if this like sparks a fire under the Timberwolves and they play great?
1: I, I thought about that too. Like about like if, if this, like all this controversy, like is, is cat just going to turn around and just be yeah. a fucking monster this year? Like, especially like, what if like Jimmy leaves and cats like play great and cats like, you know what motherfucker you're wrong I, about me. Guess what? Like all these motherfuckers that, uh, told me that like I was the greatest franchise player that they could draft. I'm gonna prove them right. I'm proving right. Yeah. I don't know. It could happen. Yeah.
0: I don't see it happening with Jimmy leaving.
1: I don't see it happening. I don't even period. know if
0: I see them making the playoffs. I
1: don't I mean. see it happening. Period. Yeah. Um. Whether Jimmy stays there or not.
0: I'm. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see where it goes, but it's just it's been a very fun ride. <laughs> all the all it's, the stuff that's come. It's out has compelling been, for sure. Been crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, uh. Recently, the uh, since we've recorded our last episode, the NBA GM surveys come out. So like yeah, every, yeah, yeah. every time we were just talking about that. With yeah. Cam, so yeah. yeah. Um, and this uh, NBA GM survey is literally just a survey that's given out to uh, like all 30 GMs mm-hmm. uh, and they ask them specific questions every year and they take a percentage of everyone's answers Yeah, uh, as far as that. It's a survey Yeah, <laughs> of GMs. I over-explain shit a lot. It's like, fine. Don't I'm, a, I'm a chronic mansplainer. It's gross. Oh, man. Sorry. But I'm not a, just like... like. To, I'm a chronic I'm,
0: man spreader, so t- together we're the worst man ever. Yeah, I, pretty much.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like some uh, interesting... Hit me with them. ...things. Okay, so I'll leave that for the end. Ooh, Which team has the most promising young core?
0: Am I supposed to guess these? I, I,
1: I Do already know it? No. Oh, okay. So you didn't really go through the I didn't the look GMs through it no, at all. I, I read I read all of it because I, I found it really my interesting. guess for the number one. Ooh, it's a good guess. Or here. Sixers, Celtics are Sixers, right? Yeah. So 47 percent of NBA GMs said the Philadelphia 76ers okay. have the prom- most promising young core, um, which means second, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Markel Fultz. Second is yes. Uh, second is uh, is Boston. I right. think that there's more of them and they're better. At 33%. This is where things kind of get hairy, right? What would you say are... The, there's two teams that are tied for third.
0: The Bucks, Because of Giannis?
1: It's a good guess. Might be in there. It's a good guess.
0: Um, Maybe someone says something like the Suns because they're insane. So David Booker is there.
1: Tied for third place is the Chicago Bulls.
0: Okay, that's... Yeah.
1: And the Phoenix Suns. Okay.
0: See now here's the who answered that? Who put that? The Celtics and the Sixers exist. And you can't vote for yourself I think on this survey. GMs cannot vote for their own team. Right. So if you're the if you're Danny Ainge, you vote for the Sixers. And if you're Elton Brand or whoever they g- surveyed when this was happening, you vote for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. who wh- you can't even argue the other answers. True. It's inarguable but they are the two answers.
1: True. And I also don't know, like, is there like a like a first, second, third option with I no these GM idea. services? I, I don't know. So, okay, uh,
0: that might be why it's like that then, yeah, right? Um, so it's not okay. That would make way more sense. Yeah. So if if
1: that is uh, the way that they actually do it, mm-hmm. um, then it be, I find Chicago so weird. I find it such a weird answer. Well,
0: Lori, people love Lori. Lori's supposed to be super good. Yeah. Um, Zach Levine.
1: Jabari Parker. Jabari
0: Parker. They just got. I mean, their basic, the the thing that makes Chicago, the, at least explainable, is that their whole team is a young core. I don't think they have a single person like over twenty six years old.
1: But it's also like they're, like the Suns makes like so much more sense yeah. to me. You have Devin Booker because you one. have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and you like, have yeah, Devin Josh Booker Jackson who was a super high pick. Yeah, and uh, they also they also have dudes that look like
0: busts though. Dragon Bender looks like a bust.
1: Yeah, true. But uh, they also have Mikael Bridges. That's who true. is projected rookie. to be like a really good three D player? Um, I don't know. Like, I just, Phoenix Suns makes sense to me, but Chicago Not doesn't. Above the other two. Chicago seems like closer to like the Brooklyn Nets to me. They're you way know, younger. Like, they're than like. Nets. But they are a collection of sort of these misfit young guys. So,
0: do you think you're underestimating Lowry?
1: I would say that if I were to take one person from the Bulls, I would take Lowry.
0: Yeah, obviously, he's yeah for sure. Yeah, he's Chris esque Not as defensively good, but he's also not as tall, right? I don't, I,
1: don't think uh, he's I don't think he's as lengthy.
0: I don't know, but he's that style that that stretch. Base. Porzingis
1: is like eight feet tall.
0: Yeah, not nine <laughs> feet tall.
1: I think. Yeah. Um.
0: All right. What's my next one? All right.
1: We we actually talked about this. Okay. Uh, before, which active player will make the best head coach someday? LeBron or Rondo? So, Rondo, tied for second at seven percent. Seven at seven percent. That was second place. <laughs> how, how many? What percent There's does LeBron have? Four. LeBron isn't in the what? top five. So interesting. The, like this is probably like the most like widespread. Like the only person that received over seven percent was Chris Paul.
0: Oh, okay, with, okay. With twenty yeah. five percent, because he's got that leader of men thing. Mm-hmm. Great leader,
1: and he's also so. Um, and he's cerebral. Yeah, cerebral. He's got such a like a he's good in, basketball mm-hmm. IQ. He has a lot of fucking experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting. Who else was
0: on there besides Chris Paul and Rondo?
1: C.J. McCollum. Oh, that's cool. C.J. McCollum, Jameer Nelson. My magic boy.
0: Magic boy. Magic that boy. Respect, GMs. They, they pulled that one out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah the, Jameer. The,
1: Jameer Nelson. Interesting. That's kind of cool. He already um, looks like a coach. Uh, here's an, another one which is even weirder, I would say, than Jameer Nelson. Garrett Temple. Huh? Yeah, Garrett Temple.
0: Who used to be on the Kings. I don't know where he is now. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Um, also receiving votes, Stephen Adams.
0: <laughs> the the memes that would come from that.
1: <laughs> um, I, I don't know, Steven maybe Stephen Adams would be a good coach. Sure. Yeah. I, I like don't think he would work.
0: want to do it. I saw him talking about the toughness one that he won in this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what does that mean I'm 50% tougher than I was
1: last year? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's <laughs> That's stupid, <place>. mate. <laughs> All right, here's one that I found kind of like, oh, shit. Damn. Okay. Who's the best coach in the NBA?
0: That is going to have Brad Stevens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr will probably
1: be on there. Yes.
0: Mm, Mike D'Antoni is on there.
1: Yes. Who's the other person?
0: It's four. There's four.
1: Yeah, there's four. I'm
0: gonna say a few names. and I'm gonna pick one. Eric Spolstra, Mike Budenholzer. Um, it's Quinn Snyder. Dog. How are you disrespecting
1: the father? The father? The, the papa.
0: Oh pop. Oh god. I. But I feel like such an idiot.
1: Right. You should. God, it's obviously pops. You on should, there. but duh, what you, but. What's weird about it is the fact that Brad Stevens was voted number one.
0: Oh, yeah. People love as, Brad Stevens yeah, right now. Yeah.
1: 47% of NBA GMs so said that Brad Stevens was the best coach in the NBA.
0: I would like to publicly Do apologize f- to the future president, Greg Popovich. Do you feel like
1: he's earned that yet?
0: He doesn't want a title, so debatably no, but... I feel like it's a little bit too early, to you He's not the best.
1: He's obviously fucking incredible. I think
0: Greg is the I think Pop is the best coach. If
1: I were day. to have any coach out of Because because him. Greg is just getting well, older. He's going to retire soon. Yeah, he's going to retire You'd pick soon. Brad
0: Stevens. I would pick Brad Stevens, absolutely. How long with this current roster build does Brad Stevens have to win a title before he gets Ooh. Dwayne Casey? would Ooh. When is the window open and when is it closed? Cuz the window doesn't really open
1: until, maybe until
0: next year or the year after, when the Warriors are old, right, and maybe broken up.
1: Uh, uh, I would say as soon as so, if KD, if KD ever leaves, does leave, that yeah. window opens. Yep, I think if right. KD leaves, that window opens. Yep, um, I, I would say that it closes. Is it tied to Al Horford at all, or is there no, enough no, young talent
0: I, that it doesn't matter?
1: I would say that Al Horford could leave and. They could still, especially with what fucking draft pick that they have next yep, year.
0: Yep, we found that out this morning. They oh could, my God. as long as as long as the Kings don't get the number one pick, the Celtics get their draft pick, so they could get it's the number insane. two pick in the draft.
1: A fucking contender, an NBA. Yep. That's some two K shit, yep. dog. Yep. Danny Ainge is a wizard. He's very God. good at his job. Okay, here. Uh, so we'll we'll move on from okay. the Celtics. Which rookie was the biggest steal at where he was selected in the draft?
0: Uh, Kevin Knox.
1: Kevin Knox is on there, but he's tied for sixth.
0: Oh, wow. Um, at 7%. Shea Gilgis-Alexander.
1: Coming in at number one, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Nailed it. 27% of NBA GMs say that Shea Gilgis-Alexander at number 11 was the, uh, Steel. the biggest steal. In the NBA draft, oh,
0: man, now people are going to expect him to be Donovan Mitchell.
1: Dangerous. Yeah, but his his style is so much different. Mm-hmm. Like like Donovan Mitchell is like so score heavy, and Shea mm-hmm. is like so much more of a like I could see his ceiling be better than Donovan Mitchell because long of how boy. because of how long he is. Like he has a, a more he has more of a defensive upside. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, they're both very. Who else on there? They're both very athletic. So number two. I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this name. Mikhail? CV. Uh, Mikhailiuk. Yeah. The dude on the Lakers? Mikhailiuk. Yeah, the dude on the Lakers that's supposed to be a, a crazy three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And I've seen... What'd big, they
0: do, draft him in the second round or something?
1: So they drafted him at 47. Yeah, second, second round. late
0: second round, yeah. The, like halfway through the second yeah, round. Yeah,
1: midway second round. Um, but 13% of NBA GMs say that that was a steal. Dang. Um, Did anyone put... Um, Luca, Luca, yeah, is tied for six. So seven okay. percent of NBA GMs think that he was a steal at number three. Yeah, but that's not even the most bizarre thing about this fucking survey, dog. About this question specifically, why? Uh, also receiving votes, DeAndre Ayton at number one overall was a steal in the draft what percent explain well it, it, he's he uh, wasn't in the top 6 so they didn't show his percentage that
0: was just like others receiving votes
1: yeah <sighs> ridiculous someone's an idiot in the nba
0: there's an idiot as a gm i, I would like in the for NBA. someone to explain how that. can it be a you okay okay if you're drafted number 1 overall you are expected to be a great player right if you become a great player you're not a steal lebron james isn't even a steal he was the number one overall pick mm-hmm. who was projected to be potentially the best player ever. He is what he was expected to be. Right. He's not a steal in the draft. He's a steal of a human. He's a great human. He's a great basketball He's a player.
1: Steal of a human? Yeah, man. They, they, I don't think anybody has ever said some that great sentence before. Out of him. He's, He's a great a steal dude. Steal of a
0: human. <laughs> That's not how steals work.
1: Um, yeah, it doesn't. That's stupid. So probably the most juiciest Ooh, uh, pick okay uh, or the, the 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 juiciest question out of this survey is what rule regarding play comma draft slash lottery comma, playoff format comma, etc most needs to change so what rule this, most this needs is interesting to change? this
0: because this is very opinion based yes, for me personally, the one and done rule get it out of here yeah. That's the, I, I would agree with you. Put influx into the G league, make it a real developmental league. Get the one and done roll
1: out of here. Yeah. Fuck that one. And done rule. get it out. Like, and then people are so vocal about how bullshit do whatever works. you can to hurt the NCAA. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Um, I, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, but number one, I, I found this kind of weird that so many GMs are sort of on this train. Um, but 18% of NBA GMs say that playoff seeding should be revised.
0: Oh, okay. So 18% isn't very high. So this was very split. Right. Eight, okay. So the playoff seeding thing is seed, seed directly 1 to 16 instead of 1 through 8 in both conferences. Wait, what? Seed. You currently, the East one through eight makes the playoffs, and yes. the West one through eight. Yes, playoff reseeding would be the whole league one through sixteen.
1: But the, yeah, the, that's the the predominant thing yeah. that people. Uh, the problem think they might with
0: do. it is logistics. Yes, actually, traveling and stuff like that with with TV scheduling makes mm-hmm. it very difficult. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're going to do that, what's even the point of having conferences? Exactly. Or divi- What's the point of any of
1: it? Because divisions are already stupid. Yeah,
0: they already don't matter. The, and and all like, it, all it affects is who you play more. And every z- th-
1: that. Uh, nonsensical fucking uh, logic applied to divisions is just going to extend to conferences at that point if you are going to uh, make that playoff seating 1 through six, Juxtapose that with football
0: Winning your division gets you into the playoffs You can go 6 and 10 but if you win your like the Eagles might do this year they might be trash and win their division and make Mm -hmm. the playoffs In the NBA that doesn't matter
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I get why they want to do it because the West has been in recent history, so much better than the East, and there have been teams that have been debatably left out of the playoff picture, like the Nuggets last year, some other teams in in other recent years that maybe deserve to be in the playoffs because they were better than teams in the East, but I don't I don't know. Maybe eh, it could work. I don't really know. All
1: right. So uh, number two that came in was. Uh, draft lottery odds slash system, which... They just did that. I I feel like it's in a constant state of revisal, right? Like They just changed it so that
0: the number one... The worst team doesn't have as big a chance of the number one pick as they used to. Mm. And... The idea of a lottery is weird in the first place. It's The only sport that does it.
1: Right. But the reason that they include a lottery is so that it prevents teams from tanking
0: well you, well, you, well you know what's funny about that is guess which sport has the most rampant tanking the nba the, NBA. Yeah. the nfl is one to six is one to 32 the draft worst right. team gets the first pick right. no one tanks in the nfl right there's lo- like literally like lives are on the line in football mm-hmm. dudes aren't going out in the nfl like oh yeah i'll lose on purpose mm-hmm. no dude i'm gonna get my leg snapped in half right hockey is the same way it's dangerous baseball doesn't tank though I'll never hear anything about people in baseball tanking. Mm-mm. Maybe that's because, I think maybe in baseball, draft picks are even less valuable than basketball because guys are in developmental leagues for like six years before they're even in the pros.
1: True. And I, I well, and also, like individual talent matters so more. much more yeah, so much, in it's NBA. The, like, it's
0: the opposite. It's the sport with, where the most value is placed on individual talent. Right. Except maybe, maybe having a... a like an Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah even then, then, I don't think, because Aaron Rodgers can't play defense.
1: No, but like the, the Lakers are going to go from a middling team to a, a, like a maybe. Can, they're, they're a solid playoff
0: They're definitely team. a playoff team. They're probably going to be a contender. Yeah, but that
1: doesn't say that they're a playoff team.
0: LeBron James is on their roster. Mm, they have a good shot at making the oh. finals.
1: They <laughs> <laughs> also just fucking look good. Yo, know, they've like, been fun to watch. I, 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 they're, they've been fun to watch, and I just feel like LeBron is going to make everybody better.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's what he yeah. does. It's what he's always done. Yeah. What else is on there? Draft combine process? I don't know anything about that.
1: Nah. Draft medical interview, in, info? Yeah, sure. Change mm. it. I don't care. Uh, uh. Schedule. Fewer games. Ooh. That, that came in at number three. 11% of uh, NBA GMs think that they need to have fewer games. So right now, the 82. NBA has 82 games in a season, which... This is a fuck ton. It's a lot of games. So it's 82 games in a regular season, not counting playoff games. Yeah. Not counting Well, I mean, you think about preseason, There's so many playoff Not le- counting summer le- league.
0: LeBron has added something along the lines of like four or five seasons to his career because of how deep he's run in the playoffs, the playoffs. every year. Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, the weird thing about changing the total number of games, it's like how baseball will never do it. It's like how baseball won't change big rules because of – it affects the records and everything. If you play less games every year, you can't reach the same points.
1: Right. For like, like point total, Statistically, you
0: can't yeah. reach the same points that other players exactly. in the past reach. But I don't know. Have they, did they raise it from something to 82 at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I not about the history of the NBA.
1: Um, I'm almost positive that it wasn't always 82.
0: What do you think that, is a good number? 60s? Yeah. Like 64 or whatever it would be. 66 Maybe. or something like that. Maybe. I think that could be kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the best thing about that would be there. It just be let, no back-to-backs. Players wouldn't have to play back-to-back nights. No
1: back-to-backs. And plus, like I feel like your quality of games is going to be yeah, higher. Certainly. More competitive. Yep. Um, you because won't have each games game where will you're, matter more.
0: And you won't have games where you're resting your older players as often. Right. To keep them fresh. Which is another thing they tried to cut back on. They, don't they find teams for doing that now? Yes. Pop doesn't care. <laughs> He's going to arrest him anyway. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's an interesting one.
1: UFC. Uh
0: It's my turn to have to go to the bathroom, but you want to talk UFC when we get back? Let's do it. All right, word. And we're back again. Way back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Uh, UFC. This is a big one. So this is, ooh,
1: okay, Khabib, Nirma, my, well, do you wanna do you wanna talk? Let's do the fight, fight first. card first, and let's
0: then con- okay, let's do fight card first. Okay,
1: so there's a
0: couple other fights that were pretty, pretty dope. Good on the card, yeah. yeah. It was a really good card. Insane. Uh, I wrote down a few of them here. Derek Lewis fought Volkov.
1: How fucking bizarre! That was like was the meme fight?
0: fight of the century.
1: Uh. So Derek Lewis was Number two Right Surprisingly Number like I did I didn't, fighter, I didn't yeah. realize that he was that high He's been high. knocking out everybody dude But <laughs> In the third round When he's exhausted So during the course of the fight I was like Why is Derek Lewis This highly ranked Volkov was destroying w- him In the heavyweight division yeah. Volkov was And he Like Neither of them Looked, looked great. very impressive no, And Derek like, Lewis looked the entire exhausted time, The entire time I was thinking Wow the heavyweight Division is kind of in shambles, you yeah. Because you have you have Daniel Cormier, you have Stipe, and you have Francis. And it's and, but even Francis, well, because his he didn't perform. He well. has glaring holes in this yeah. game, um, and he's just not of the level of Stipe. He's and, younger though, and so Cormier,
0: he he got room to improve.
1: But uh, so, okay, so but
0: Derek Derek Der- 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 Lewis is one of the most likable dudes in the UFC for sure. He uh, did... He, not only is he, like, hysterically funny with this super great Instagram, he was, like, on camera... After the hurricanes hit Houston, he was driving around in his truck, like, helping people, getting them he's out of Good guy. Blood. He's
1: a, just a good dude. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. But the way that he fights is... <laughs> I, I, I it, it made me wonder why he's so highly ranked, but then after the, the fight third happened, ra- I was yeah. like, I guess that's why. Because after losing this fight... For two and a half rounds. For two... More, two, two and three quarter 0. rounds. point nine yeah. <laughs> rounds. Because he had what, 30 seconds left? Something like that. Yeah, in, he got left he in the third annoyed. round. Left in the third round, and he fucking knocks this guy out. Out. And the fucking bar went nuts. Oh, yeah. Everyone was super hype. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's just, he's so lovable. Yeah. He's People so lovable, really like him. But like, that's, it's, it's so insane that he was able to come back it's from a, that. Fight. It's a huge, um, huge comeback. Mm-hmm.
0: That was like one of the biggest comebacks that I can remember ever since that tubby dude fought that muscular guy and their names I can't <laughs> We're remember talking about, a super uh, was it long it time ago. Tom Duffy? I think so. Yeah. I can't remember the muscular guy's name mm-hmm. but that was similar. A dude in the last round who was just exhausted mm-hmm. and was getting beat the whole fight just knocks him out. That's the beauty. To me, it's one of the beautiful things about the UFC. Mm-hmm. It's like how it's, it's a different context of competition but it's like when Anderson submitted Chael Sonnen. He was losing for four and a half rounds. Yeah, yeah. He was getting wrestled and held pinned down for four and a half rounds. Mm -hmm. This prolific striker, this untouchable fighter, Mm -hmm. and then he submitted Chael Sonnen and won the fight.
1: Yeah, that one was also like compelling for such different reasons because uh,
0: Chael was like Chael was the underdog. was the underdog, and Chael's one of the best shit talkers ever in the Mm -hmm. UFC. He was going after his country. (laughs) He was saying like horrible (laughs) things about
1: Brazil. Well, As the whole, what word did he call him, like, a charlatan?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chill's great. Chill's great on the mic. Yeah, But, yeah, that fight was awesome. And because of that fight, we have a heavyweight title fight coming up. Mm. Did you hear about this? At UFC 230, mm-hmm. the card that has been unable to find a headliner, the one that we talked about, Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz trying to headline themselves, and then they were going to have Valentina headlining against someone we've never heard of, is now being headlined. By Derek Lewis fighting Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight belt, a month after he fought this fight, you think he's gonna fix his cardio in a month? Because I
1: don't. (laughs) (laughs) I really like Derek Lewis. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. Do you think he has any shot in beating Daniel Cormier? He's got this, and that's oh, I thought you were saying zero. No, this is his only (laughs) shot,
0: is if this lands. There's, I think he has he's, zero chance. He's one of those people where if it lands, he's got a shot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, D. Uh, DC's old. Okay. DC's been knocked out in the past year. Okay. It, it, it John, is MMA. Year and a half. It's uh, MMA. There's always a shot. There's always a shot.
1: There's always a shot. You never. know It's going to be happen. fun.
0: I think it's a fun fight. The personalities. It's so opposite of Conor Khabib that I love it. Okay, so it's so
1: wholesome and endearing. I don't know if you saw that Instagram post. I think Ariel Hawani either commented on an already existing uh, Instagram post by the UFC, or he actually put it on Instagram <laughs> himself. But I think it was the former. But Ariel Hawane, uh put a comment on a video of Derek Lewis and <coughs> Daniel Cormier they're feud. With, they're with, feud, they're feud they yeah, interacting Quote, uh, with each other uh, at a press conference mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Cormier said something along the Derek's lines of Derek's got
0: some kind of problem with me, man
1: Yeah Backstage, you said you want to knock me out, man mm. I don't know, what what's your deal, Derek? Yeah, and then I'll be the reporter He's like, uh, Derek, what, what do you have against Daniel Cormier? Man, he was talking shit about Popeye's chicken on that commercial <laughs> <laughs> Like... <laughs> And they, but they were both like sitting right next to each other. Yeah, and they were having smiling. fun. They were having fun. And it like, was
0: completely. It was wholesome. so wholesome. Yeah, exactly. It's so wholesome.
1: And but Ariel Helwani, uh, the goat UFC reporter, right. MMA reporter. He's the he's the
0: best in the business.
1: Commented, uh, this is exactly what the UFC needs. Right it's now. true. It's the complete
0: opposite to- of the vitriol and hatred that was Conor Khabib. Right. It's just wholesome and fun. And it's heavyweight, so you know something crazy is going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, but like, but both of them are so lovable. Yeah. And like, so. Which props to
0: DC in general for turning his whole. He used to be hated on because of the John Jones rivalry mm-hmm. and everyone was on John's side. Mm-hmm. Everyone used to hate Daniel Cormier. Now it's true. Uh, Daniel Cormier's a really just likable guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's just like kind of like leaned into it's like his like own personality. If, if your and,
0: dad was a UFC fighter, it'd mm-hmm. be
1: Daniel Cormier.
0: Yeah. Um,. And he does a great job calling fights now, so I think that's helped him a lot. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm so, I'm I'm excited for that. I am kind of bummed that that Nate and Dustin aren't on that card anymore because Dustin got hurt. Right.
1: That was supposed to be the co the co Dustin Poirier. Yeah. And Nate Diaz. Is what you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, then they did. Yeah, let's keep talking about uh, the rest of the it yeah. could be. So counter. the
0: next one I put on was the co main event. Tony Ferguson versus... Anthony Pettis this fight it was if, so if it didn't sad. get stopped by the doctors or yes. I mean I'm sorry by Anthony's corner because he broke right. his hand would have been a contender for fight of the year such I would say in, currently in now scenario. round two of this fight might win round of the year right it was such a great fight
1: that, I mean like all, there was so many elements there that were so fucking compelling because you have Tony Ferguson uh, who <laughs> five months ago had reconstructive knee surgery yeah yeah, he still has a fucking huge-ass scar in listen, his knee.
0: I had reconstructive knee surgery. Mm-hmm. That's insane. To five months later be fighting? Right. Not only fighting, being incredible at it, throwing kicks without abandon,
1: Right. movement, against top-level competition,
0: against a great fighter, an ex-champion, right. and Anthony Pettis, who looked great. Yeah.
1: Um, but you, you have that, like that, that sort of comeback story with Tony Ferguson, as well as just Anthony Pettis is w- one of the most he's so exciting to watch. What so, oh, is that crazy? He, he does like, capiera, in there, like the middle. kicks. He's, he's like doing handstand kicks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What it, is that a
0: capier? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Capoeira sure. is like dance fighting. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Oh, it's so fun. So you have that and they were just going back and forth. These guys were going at each mm-hmm. other and the fact that like it had to end the way that it did. Because of a broken hand. I was, I was Props really though to his
0: corner for looking out for him, because a lot of uh, you, a lot of fighters will go back; they'll keep fighting. That's what fighters do.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: who was it? Uh, Raquel Pennington's corner, who got a lot of flack for letting her keep fighting against Amanda mm-hmm. when Amanda was just beating the shit out of her, and mm-hmm. she clearly just didn't stand a chance, and it was just punishment for for punishment's sake at that mm-hmm. point. At a certain point, I think a corner needs to not be the one driven by the adrenaline of the fight and needs to be the logical thinker and needs to protect the fighter from themselves. Right. And I think they did that for Pettis, which I think is cool. Um, but yeah, that was the best fight of the night for sure. Mm-hmm. And potentially a fight of the year c- candidate. Um, were there any other ones besides Conor Khabib that interested you or you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I said we'd dive into it, dude.
0: So the fight itself. So Conor Khabib was a smothering. Khabib basically,
1: or a smooshing.
0: a smooshing. a smashing, as, as Khabib may say. He basically he controlled. Smish. He controlled every aspect of the fight for fourth round. It ended right rear naked choke
1: fourth round. So not rear naked choke is a neck crank. Neck crank. Okay. The, 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 I feel like, well, <laughs> <laughs> like, like an MMA nerd, but uh, this is saying that. Um, but is it, that
0: why he was able to get it with his arm over the chin? Yes. Okay, that's. why I was confused. I, I was like he. I I think I said in the moment he doesn't have it. So Connor's chin was still it, it it
1: is a like a a little bit more of a high level technique um even though it is kind of more brutish than a rear naked choke
0: anyone can, I I can get a rear naked choke yeah exactly anyone like, can you can sink it
1: choke. in and, yeah. and and like you may not know the, Hooks, the exact
0: arm under the chin squeeze it's like pretty basic
1: it's pretty basic, but there's like a, a vast, uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. Le- levels of knowledge mm-hmm. as far as like executing it and especially setting it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a neck crank is just a little bit different and it's, I, uh, you only see certain people hitting it. Um, you can't just be a brute when you hit yeah. it. Like it does take a lot of technique in the way that you're, you're torquing the neck. Mm. Um, the Damian Mayas hit it before he's, but it, and he's maybe he's the, the goat top jujitsu um, guy. And
0: I mean, besides the Gracies, yeah, ever.
1: Um. Yeah, but he was he was getting smashed. Oh yeah, throughout the entire thing. the
0: The third round was he, the only round where they where they stand and bang, which it was just kind of. like, Khabib, what are you doing? Why are you
1: doing this? The The entire time, uh, Khabib is standing there right in front of Connor yeah. trading with him. Yeah. Which and is dangerous. He just did it against Al Iaquinta. Goading too. him into a brawl. Yeah. Which is just it, it. Well,
0: despite the fact that Connor's a standup fighter, he's not a brawler.
1: Connor's a precision fighter. Yeah. He's, he's very technical. Yeah. Um,
0: and he's a knockout artist, but he's not a brawler. True.
1: True. Um, t- timing beats power, precision beats speed, Actually, um,
0: precision beats power and timing beats. Speed, uh, whatever. But, you know go ahead and butcher it yeah I did. <laughs> um just like Khabib did to him butchered mm-hmm. uh i mentioned this to you the other day the perception of of i've ter- i think i've come around on it a little bit the perception that K- that Khabib yeah. dominated Conor and Conor didn't stand a chance i didn't feel that during the fight that Conor didn't stand a chance especially in the third round on I the agree. scorecards Conor won the third round and i'm round. on the, yeah
1: i'm on the same page with you there
0: Conor won the third round like going into the fourth round it was anybody's anybody's fight still, and then Khabib took him down again and choked him out. Uh, the perception that Khabib dominated him kind of bothered me a little bit, I, because I never felt like Connor didn't stand a chance but of getting the knockout.
1: I also feel like that that you can still dominate a fight. Yeah, but that's why that the other person still has. I've the come chance.
0: around on it. I get. I, because yeah. yes, for three of the four rounds that were fought, Khabib dominated the action. Yes, that is true. I just never. I feel like if you read that in a headline, it implies that Connor never stood a chance of getting the knockout or anything, and I don't think that's true.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of uh, it's semantics. Yeah, exactly. It's like semantics. it's it's a weird semantical yeah. argument, Um, but.
0: Khabib, for the most part, was dominant and and unstoppable. He's a monster. Mm-hmm.
1: But 20, that will twenty-seven and zero now. Yeah. But yeah,
0: Um, and he made may not be allowed to fight because of what happened afterwards. Let's do, yeah, let's
1: just jump into the controversy. Yeah. Like, so, so the, the build-up to the
0: fight is very important to the context. Yes. Conor, as he always does for his fights, was very vocal, talked a lot of trash. And as he does, he's he's the best of all time in the UFC at talking trash, specifically targeted for his opponent. Mm-hmm. He's not one of those dudes that just goes, oh, I'm going to knock your ass out, bro. He finds
1: things It's going to be a war.
0: He finds things to get under your skin because he wants what he says to you before the fight to be a part of the fight. Yeah. He wants you thinking about that in the ring. That's how he got Jose Aldo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He got to Jose Aldo, he got in his head, and he made Jose Aldo overcommit and he knocked him out in 13 seconds.
1: Which I find incredibly compelling and it's so amazing. fascinating. Yeah, me too. But there's a line, right? Sure. And they and he crossed that line in April.
0: Oh, oh, you're talking about the Dolly That's different than trash-talking, but he did cross a line. But This is separate
1: from... He's still doing it. This comes
0: from a different place, though. Okay. So the trash-talking, he talked about Russia. He talked about terrorism, being a Russian. He talked about his family being like farmers or something. You know, he did the normal Connor trash-talking. Okay. The dolly came from a completely separate thing. The dolly came because a member of Khabib's team did something to a member of Conor's team. They mm-hmm. both are fighters. Or Khabib did some, said or did something to a member of Conor's team. And Conor hopped on a plane and flew to New York and then threw a dolly through a bus. Conor went not off the Connor, rails. Not just Conor, his entire Yeah, his entire back. team came. But Conor went off the rails. a
1: UFC media event. Yeah. Started throwing water bottles around. Yeah, and n- not only uh, attacked a bus that just Khabib was in, but no, multiple the, 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 whole fighters. The, all the fighters,
0: they had to cancel a bunch of those fights. Michael Chiesa couldn't fight. Exactly. Rose Nam Yunus apparently still doesn't leave her house. Because she's like scarred from the incident. That's a UFC now, champion.
1: how much do you believe that that is completely, do you think that he solely did that to defend his teammates on her? I think that's why he came. And then I think he went over the top.
0: Now, a lot of people will argue with you. I hate being this kind of person uh-huh. that thinks everything's a setup. It's just, it's not fun to me. If it is a setup, I don't wanna know. I don't I think want I want the curtain dropped. The
1: the, the problem the problem with like having that uh everything's a setup that uh Nothing's the, ever ble- compelling. Ble- well okay. So that that idea that like everything's a conspiracy yeah. is like doesn't take into account that like people just aren't that in sync all of the time. Yeah. There's so many like working within a system. I know that working within the Navy, there's so many different fucking moving parts Mm -hmm. uh, in this huge system. And just like the UFC, you have this huge system of different moving parts and different people with different personalities and uh, agendas and personalities, right? Uh, Having, you know, the UFC plan, like Connor throwing a dolly through a it's window crazy. on a bus and hurting their own fighters is why would they ridiculous. set that up? I, I, it's I find crazy. that a little bit ridiculous.
0: Do I think that that event is what made Khabib so angry? I don't.
1: Okay. I don't well, think that's what we'll Khabib get. We'll get Connor to that. For. We'll get to that. But, I also believe that Connor isn't a person that is going to see things in a vacuum. I don't think that he compartmentalized that move. That was a move for him. Oh, certainly. He wasn't just defending his teammate's honor. He was also he's, he's setting a up a Khabib, Khabib fight. He, he, that everything was, that dude's doing. Th- no, there is a the setup team. there. He is setting. Himself,
0: he's, that's himself he, though. That's different than the USC setting it up. Exactly. Exactly. That's self promotion.
1: Yeah, self promotion. It, it's marketing. Yeah. Like yeah, he, certainly. Uh, he's setting up bad blood for and, this capeep,
0: And it's sad because in any other sport, it's hor like it's horrible nonetheless. But in UFC specifically, it's a violent sport, mm-hmm. and violence excites people. Mm-hmm. So doing that, all it did was make people more excited. Mm-hmm. And he went through the legal process. He did his. he, he was tried. He was given a punishment. In terms of legality, he's in the clear. He's fine. Everyone that was in the incident is okay at mm-hmm. this point. Except maybe Rose, apparently, mentally. And that's very sad. But mm-hmm. I hope that she can you know, get through that and everything. Mm-hmm. But in terms of le- legality, he's, he's in the clear. Let's, let's fight. Set up the next fight. Two-year layoff. That's another thing. He had a two-year layoff. And then he fought Khabib. That's not somebody you want to fight with a little rust on you (laughs) because he'll knock the rust off real quick with his fists. Mm -hmm. That's dangerous. But I, so I think what made Khabib pop off after the fight is not that insane.
1: So what happened after the fight? After the fight, Khabib wins. Khabib
0: jumped out of the octagon.
1: As he's celebrating, people are coming into the octagon, normal security people, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Normal, all normal procedures.
0: Yes. Khabib jumps on the fence, which people do a lot. They jump on the fence and, oh my God. They celebrate. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, he jumped over the fence and jumped into the crowd. And, and
1: right before that, he was sort of like pointing yep. to someone. Well, all right, let's try to in,
0: let's try to include as much of the rumors that we've heard as possible because okay. the whole story hasn't come out. They're doing an investigation as we speak. Mm-hmm. This might come over the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Khabib threw his mouthpiece at Connor right after the fight ended. After they tried to her pull him off Connor, he first he tried to like keep choking him
2: mm-hmm. Herb
0: pulled him off he threw his mouthpiece he sp- or he spat at connor and threw his mouthpiece into the crowd right apparently he threw the the mouthpiece in the direction of connor's team he then leapt the fence and jumped into the crowd and started attacking members of connor's team specifically dylan dennis i think his name is mm-hmm. the his jiu-jitsu coach right who khabib has said said some racial slurs to him about being muslim or i guess it's religious slurs mm-hmm. about being muslim right which is horrible. But the fight is over.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What you do from now on in terms of violence is a legal issue. Yeah, In terms of, you can't come back to America legal issue. You are not an American citizen. Right. What you do once that fight ends affects your career in terms of being allowed to even do it. Right. So... Everything is at a heightened level now. So Khabib jumps into the crowd. There's that really iconic picture of him jumping. Have you mm. seen that? Yeah, with the, the feet up, it looks yeah, like, like somebody like, made like, 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 like a, a Jordan kick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool scene, but <laughs> bad outcome. So he jumped in and started fighting the crowd. People in the crowd, and obviously security started going crazy trying to break this all up. Then a member of Khabib's team also tries to jump the fence, and Connor try Connor does something to like stop him or attack him mm-hmm. as well the, this whole fight breaks out Connor like throws a punch at a, another member of kabib's team trying to get out into the crowd then that dude gets subdued Connor's standing there Connor's exhausted Connor just got put through the ringer for 20 minutes two I think two dudes jump the fence of kabib's team and they start unloading on like body shots punching Connor unprovoked all of it's really bad. Three three guys got arrested from Khabib's team after the fight by Las Vegas police and Connor refused to press charges on them and they were released.
1: Which is really, really interesting. And and my that Connor instant, didn't. My interaction is like, wow, Connor. Like that's fucking that's a class act. Like yeah. that's
0: Yeah. For the most part, Connor has come out looking the better in this, except there's a there's like a kind of hard to see video that it seems like he might have thrown a punch at the dude jumping the fence first. It's hard to tell. Right. It seems like he may have been the first To do that. But at that point, the fight in the stands had already started.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. They have both since been suspended indefinitely. Connor and Khabib. Mm -hmm. Khabib hasn't even been paid yet. Mm -hmm. His purse. They are doing a hearing on, I want to say the 26th or something like that. October 26th. To determine their futures. There is a potential chance that Khabib gets his title stripped either of them are not allowed to fight anymore or suspended for a year or something like that. These are all things that are possible and, and horrible after, I mean that, w- it was a great fight in terms of like, it was competitive and it was dominant on one side for the most part, but it was entertaining. Fuck all of you who boo when you see wrestling and that's garbage. You're
1: yeah. Watch kickboxing. There was I, one guy in the Buffalo yeah, Wild Wings that w- where we were watching the fight that just literally every time that Khabib would take down he Connor Boom. Yeah, it's so stupid. Boring. You're watching mixed Boring. martial arts. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's a facet of mis- mixed go martial arts. Go watch
0: boxing or go watch kickboxing. Go yeah. go find the sport that you actually feel like watching. Yeah. Because what Khabib's doing is insanely high level. Mm-hmm. Insane. He's such a high level wrestler. It's not even funny. Yeah. Uh, it,
1: uh, grappling is just not as well respected as striking.
0: It's not as, it's not as explosive and entertaining mm-hmm. to a casual fan. It's mm-hmm. just not. It's, it's true. Yeah. I get that. But you're watching a sport where it's part of the sport, right? I I'm on the side of trying to find a way to fix the rules where getting a takedown and just laying on someone doesn't earn you a win. Mm-hmm. But Khabib doesn't do that.
1: No, he's Khabib
0: he, advances, gets dominant position, and then smashes you.
1: Right, exactly, like and and he's not he even he finishes dudes. Like I, he's not like uh like what well, Josh Kostrak basically won the Ultimate Fighter like. Just doing that. Yeah. Like he he was a wrestler and just yeah. not throwing any punches. And Dana White would hate it. Hates it. Dana White hates it. Um,
0: cause he knows what the fans but want
1: Khabib does not do that. No,
0: certainly not. But like,
1: he is like, he's, he's almost like what, uh, well, uh, what Chael Sonnen wants to be. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. the, the, just an awesome ground and pound, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't get caught like Chael does. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's super fun to watch. And I love watching Khabib. Yeah. It's, it's, he's a maestro at what he does. He's a maestro at what he does. Uh, Like, I, I, I I love just like see, I think Khabib is such, is just as much of a character as Connor is. You know, like he is obviously not the businessman that Connor is. He is is a character. He's not as vocal. Yeah. But his personality is still so Khabib. You know, like when you, very much himself. Yeah. um, Dry
0: humor. Yeah, um, very no nonsense. <laughs> Did you see yeah. the video of the audio? They caught audio of him talking to Conor while he beat him up.
1: Oh, really? What he what said? He? We're talking now. We're talking <laughs> now. As he beat him up. Well, like in the in the pre-fight uh, press conference, the entire time, uh, Conor was he brought his own whiskey. His, yeah. Uh, yeah. To the, the the press conference. Conor
0: is. All about the money, and
1: which is is. Normally, I, like I don't
0: like that, but Connor, it's a little different. I don't well, know what I, it is about I, him.
1: I, I like Connor. He just I has love, that I X factor. It. I love it. Yeah. Um. But, Khabib, <laughs> uh, was like, uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, once they get you in the ring, uh, what do you think that's you're you gonna do? you think Whiskey going to help? <laughs> you? <laughs> you think whiskey help you? <laughs> <laughs> you are chicken.
0: <laughs> so, um, what are your like overall? Thoughts? So, a big thing is, does this help or hurt the UFC? That's what you see on sports shows a lot this past week. I think it helps, honestly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, in a sad way. In it a kind sad of way, it help. helps. Um, because they're they're going to get more play out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if they do a Conor Khabib 2, they're going they're to gonna, get more views. They're because gonna people are going in to show every promo reel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. It's sad, but it's, yeah. it, it's going to help. Mm-hmm. And... If anything, it's going to revitalize just common interest in the sport for a brief period. You might get a bunch of viewers on the DC card just because they want to see what happens next. Right. Um, I, I don't... We don't know what's going to happen with them. There's a literal chance that Khabib gets his title stripped and isn't allowed to fight for X amount of time. Dana said... Dana White said afterward that he, there's a... This, this is an, a literal assault... Mm-hmm. As if you walked up to someone on the street and beat them up. And well, and and but, Khabib could get his visa pulled to not be allowed to work in the United States anymore. Not allowed back to fight. There And
1: there is also precedent um, for Khabib getting kicked out of the UFC. Because yeah. this is something that Paul Daly did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he Paul did it Daly, to his opponent. So Paul Daly didn't uh, jump into the crowd and fight the crowd. Paul Daly fought his opponent after the fight was done. Mm-hmm. Everybody was wrapped up. He bringing it back to Josh Koscheck tried to assault Josh Koscheck after the fight was done. And Paul Daly never fought in the UFC again.
0: Now, what is the difference here? Paul Daly ain't no Khabib.
1: That's true. Paul Daly was not an undefeated champion. That's true. And we, there's also precedent in the UFC that stars sort of get differential treatment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Connor. John, John Jones.
1: John Jones. John Jones.
0: It's consistent.
1: It's consistently inconsistent.
0: Consistent with stars, I mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you in not, it's it's on all levels of UFC too. It's if you are that upper tier fighter, if you're a champion or almost a champion, not only do you get preferential treatment, but you get all the money. Mm-hmm. These lower end guys don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, a bunch of people, you know, people saw Brendan Schaub's thing about paying for Ray Borg's child's care because Ray Borg can't afford it. He's a professional athlete who can't afford to pay for his son's. Medical bills because that's how the UFC works. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
1: It's sad. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. You got anything else uh, about UFC? Uh, we have another Conor announcement
0: fight. Not Connor can be, but another fight announced. Oh, what's up, Don? John Jones Gus 2 is on. <sighs> the, the card right before Ooh, New Year's.
1: John Jones, please stop. Doing, li- put that boy in a bubble. Yeah.
0: Wrap him up in bubble wrap. Only feed him water.
1: Oh my god.
0: He apparently has been kind of paranoid about where he goes and what he puts in his body since the the whole steroid thing. Mm-hmm. Because I- it's been basically proven he didn't purposely cheat on in terms of the steroids. The coke and all that, that's real. That shit's real and he'll talk about it. Uh, the The steroid thing, though, is was the example they used they said it was like dropping putting a drop of water in a pool or something like that and that's the the amount trace element trace element yeah Mm -hmm. and it it wasn't an amount that could help him in the span because they tested him so consistently like every couple days it wasn't an amount that even getting it out of your system could have helped you competitively it was just very strange Mm -hmm. and in a bummer overall because it just it took out that awesome uh you know he head kicked dc and got the finish and Kind of ruin that whole return, but everything he says seems, you know, like like every time, everything he says seems like he's like he's back on track. But uh, Jones Gustafson one was one of the best fights ever, so it'll be hype.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's that's all I'm hoping for. I just I just want to see John Jones fight again.
0: We're gonna see John Jones fight once every two years, and it's gonna be a great fight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to see him fight, and I hope he keeps being able to fight. Now whether or not D.C. will fight him again, we'll see. because the timing of it, D.C. At the beginning of December, John Jones at the end of December, they meet up again in like March, April. It could happen. It
1: could happen. All
0: right, Don. I think that's everything. There was a lot to go over.
1: Oh, we're going on three hours now. Yeah, we're killing it. Oh. Well, I mean, the, we,
0: we took the hour that we didn't have in the last episode, we put it on this episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we had a short one last week. Uh, but yeah, I think that's.
1: Unless you got something else. No. Nah. I can I know. Do some, some shout outs. you go. Do your shout out. All right. Uh, so, my shout out for this week. Uh, we're going to be doing, I feel like we do a lot of rap shout outs, but I don't care. I mean, it's what uh, we mostly listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my shout out for this week is a uh, fellow by the name of Isaiah Rashad. Uh, for those of you that don't know who Isaiah Rashad is, you're going to. <laughs> um, he's an incredible rap artist. Uh, he's on Top Dog Entertainment, which is uh, Kendrick, Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's label. Mm-hmm. Um, also on that label, SZA, Schoolboy Q, Absol. Uh, incredibly talented guys and Isaiah Rashad out of all those people is probably my second favorite I get behind Kendrick behind Kendrick mm-hmm. um and mostly for this album the Sun's tirade um it is his uh second uh album uh to be released on uh the TDE label and it's incredible um he is uh Someone I I I really dig his flow. He's someone who's musically just very talented. He's not a he he is the like quintessential example of like when people bring up mumble. Yeah, rappers, we were talking about this the other day. Right, uh, when people bring up mumble rappers and they say that you know like oh because I can't hear people's words when they when they talk like uh, when while they rap therefore their music is bad. And I would say that Isaiah Rashad is like the, the antithesis of that because he don't really understand everything that he's saying, but you can tell that the music is great. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I recommend if you're going to listen to one song off of that album, I would recommend free lunch. You're going to listen to free lunch. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, but as far as features on that album, you got Sir Kendrick Lamar, SZA, uh, and as well as, uh, J Rock, J Rock is also, also featured on, on that album. Yeah. Um, but he has a really cool song in there called "What's Wrong," with Kendrick Lamar. Fucking sick ass song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my shout out for this Shout
0: week. out Isaiah Rashad, The
1: Sun's Tirade. The Sun's Tirade. It's a super cool name for an album. And yeah, look up the uh, look up the album artwork for that uh, for that album too. It's really freaking cool.
0: Nice. All right, my shout out has props. I have examples. Props. All right, carrot top. Let's go. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, my shot is an artist. His name is Danny Haas. Um, I met Danny a few times in Orlando. When I lived in Orlando for a few years, the comic shop that I used to go to, Epic Comics, shout-out Epic Comics, great comic shop in Orlando. Danny was there all the time. He like, he worked the desk sometimes, and he was hanging out. He would sell his art there. Um, I have a couple of his posters that I bought. So he has a huge series that are like this. The half-and-half half look. This is Batman Beyond with Terry. He has a whole series of just tons of characters like this with that half and half look. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And also probably like my favorite, most niche thing I own. Donald Glover is (laughs) Spider-Man. Oh yeah. I love this thing. It's so cool. So he, I mean he has, and he has other styles of art that he does. He's super dope. He's got a website, I think it's The Art of Danny, I'm pretty sure is what it's called. The Art
1: of Danny? Yeah. And uh, you, He's on that Facebook you, for sure. Is that where you got those posters? No, oh. I
0: got those in person.
1: Oh, damn, He was selling sick.
0: them at Free Comic Book Day a few nice. years ago. Uh, and I just got them from his booth, two for 20 bucks.
1: Danny Haas?
0: Yeah, H-A-A-S. A-A-S. Yeah. But that's my shout out, Danny Haas.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Let's do our... Uh, Let's let's look at this while I get better at getting us out of episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hit us up on social media. Hit up the show's social media for sure. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, The Chris and Kyle Show, Twitter, at Pod. Go over there. Vote on our poll. It's pinned. It's the top post, and I pinned it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to send us to the movies for this week's spoiler episode. When we are recording this, we don't know what the outcome is of the poll, but... You have until the end of today that it is released to get your votes in. Yes.
1: That's how well, our, it will be in terms of so release schedule. So once this is released, it will be the next week's spoiler episode though. Yeah. Because, because this week's spoiler episode is the Predator. Is the Predator. The Predator. Dog, I'm gonna go ahead and break this illusion right now because we already recorded for the Predator. Yeah,
0: we recorded that okay.
1: earlier. And I'm I'm gonna <laughs> there's a redaction I need to make. Oh, did you mess am, up? Oh no, I didn't I didn't mess up, but like I realized how Bizarre and stupid This comment was That I make in the Predator episode What'd you say? You bring up child actors Dog Yeah And (laughs) You (laughs) You you said that Jacob uh, Tremblay Jacob Tremblay uh, Might be the The greatest child actor Of all time And I was like Whoa whoa Slow down You said Macaulay Culkin And I said There's a lot of (laughs) There's a lot of Child actors out there Which I I stand by (laughs) And then you were like Who do you think Is better than him?
0: You pretty quickly Went
1: there And I immediately (laughs) Went to Macaulay Culkin Why? I don't know I don't know either <laughs> I tried Dude, to be
0: nice about it When you Literally did it.
1: four seconds After we wrapped that episode I was like Did I just say Macaulay Culkin <laughs> Is the best child I actor? even tried to like uh, Push back and be like You think
0: he's better Than Jacob <laughs> Tremblay And you were like I don't know oh man and I,
1: He might be better Than <laughs> Jacob Tremblay And I doubled down <laughs> I was like, hey, man, Home Alone's a great. And you're like, yeah, but it's nothing of like the filmic quality uh, oh, of room. And I was like, oh, I don't know, sir. <laughs> All
0: right, it, so yeah, now you know going into it. Tune
1: in, in to our Predator spoiler episode to hear my whackness.
0: Yeah, hear Chris be an idiot about child actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, hit Chris up on Instagram at ChrisMichaelStott, on his website at ChrisMichaelStott.com. Mm. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Davenwell25.
1: Um, also uh guys if you have any feedback yeah. any ideas shit that you want to listen to uh any suggestions um but we're trying to make this as interactive as possible mm-hmm. with our audience as uh, as possible um so please hit us up message us on Facebook uh tweet comment me. on uh on YouTube um yeah tweet, at me at me bro whatever don't, you can do to contact us uh, Don't don't at you? Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um Yeah. Also, um, I want to announce this as well. Uh, pretty soon we're going to be releasing guest episodes as well. Yes. Um, so if you or anyone, you know, uh, lives around the Southern California area and we're looking for anyone that has interesting perspectives, if you're artists, scientists, uh, anybody that has a message that they want to get out there, we Mm -hmm. would love to have them on the podcast. Uh, and we're really looking forward to it. So, please, just hit us up. Oh, I forgot there was something at the
0: beginning I was supposed to do. So, for those watching on YouTube, by the way, find us on YouTube. Ooh. Uh, I put timestamps in the description of every episode. So, if you tune in and you're like, man, I hate when these guys talk about movies. They're idiots mm-hmm. about movies. Or you don't but know but jack shit like, about NBA. And yeah, you don't really and you care. want to skip the NBA. There's timestamps for every subject that we talk about on the bottom of the videos. Scroll down
1: into the description and then literally just click and it goes right to it. Yep.
0: Right to the spot about the subject. So if you want to skip around, you can do that. I think that's everything. I think that's it, dog. I think that... We good? She good? She all right. All right, we're good. We out.
1: Stay weird.